Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, and I am joined, of course, by the tournament master, Todd Gershel, and we also have a special guest. We'll get to that in just a second. Todd, how are you doing? I'm uh, I'm tired. I, <laughs> I did a lot in the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, man. Herculean efforts paid off. Uh, I was very fortunate to receive my, my cards in the mail today. Uh, they look fantastic. I can't wait to talk a little bit more about those later. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm there with you, man, for, for different reasons. You know, rehearsals uh, have me, have me running late. I'm getting home at like 10 30, 11 o'clock, which isn't super late necessarily, but it takes a little while to wind down. And, you know, then the kids are up in the morning and I'm up in the morning and, you know, chasing the kids all day and then rehearsing at night. So it's, it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been great. It's been amazing, but I understand, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I had, uh, the, the big Cub Scout banquet was on Sunday. Uh, I was up there you know, running that whole thing. I was prepping for that on, uh, over the weekend along with getting everything ready for the mailing. All the cards came on Sunday morning, and uh, yeah, after the banquet and running that, I, you know, my mom came to visit. Uh, you know, saw her off, and I didn't get a chance to start stuff until about eleven o'clock. But it was all done that that night. I wanted to make sure it got out to people, so because I want to make sure, uh, you know, before the con this weekend, as many people got it as possible. So. Uh, there's a lot, but it made it happen. That's awesome, though. I'm, I, I know that promoters will be thrilled to to hear that. Uh, some people obviously will have their cards even before the episode drops, which is exciting. And um, yeah, I, I, it was it was so great. I, I remember at one point, um, you know, the condo building they they have like cleaning in the halls every once in a while. And my daughter heard the vacuum cleaner in the hall, and she really wanted to see the vacuum cleaner in the hall. And I was like, okay, fine. So, you know, I like open the door and the way that like our unit is situated, I look down the stairs and my, I can tell that my package is like sitting right there. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, well, when she goes down for nap time, I'm going to run down there and scoop that up. Um, but I was very excited to see it. So, uh, I know, I know that feeling well, and I know it's a feeling that, uh, that a lot of promoters will, will share. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody thinks uh, of all the cards. And I know the online stuff is up and, and running as well. So, you know, people who are online um, only will, will already have their stuff. People that do both will also already have a, have a look at the cards. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, it's funny because we're sitting here talking about this stuff getting shipped out and people receiving stuff and having a peek at online already. Uh, but the truth is we've got a couple of teasers that we can talk about. But before we do that, I do uh, want to introduce our special guest for the evening to talk about Kronos Road to Civilization, Rob Bobian. Rob, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's it's wonderful to have you. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking uh, a lot about the story and the characters um, that uh, have been introduced, and also some of the you know the progression of characters, uh, including some of the folks that you know might have started elsewhere, whether it be FTR or Centra that that have you know popped up now on Kronos. It'll be a lot of fun, uh, and of course, Mike is kind of with us at this point i'm hanging out oh I'm there he is <laughs> i wasn't sure if he was if he was with us uh for sure or not i i, I just see his picture uh, there's there's no video right now but we've got the, audio. the camera the, the camera's you know being shy but but i'm here <laughs> fantastic mike how are you oh you know fantastic and i'm excited for all the releases but especially to talk about chronos because rob uh, you know people i think obviously love what, what Rob's been doing, but it, I don't think they know how hard he's been working on all this. And I think it's just awesome to like actually have it out there so he can talk about it now because he's been 
burning my ear up for months about this. So, so it's, it's, it's good to like actually be able to talk about it and not just have it be a like, Oh yeah, Rob's doing great things. You know, like it's really cool what he's done. And I think I'm glad we get to actually bring it out there and talk about it with people. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like the response thus far on the boards for people that have already read the handbook, because the handbook of course was, was emailed out. Uh, was that last night? Todd? Yeah, last yes. night. Yeah, 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 last yes. night. Last night. Um, so, so people that have already you know, had the chance to read that uh, have been uh, talking on the boards about it, and and uh, it's yeah, it's really cool to to have it out there, and I'm looking forward to that discussion. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have a couple of things that we wanted to do chat about, and the first thing uh, are our teasers, which you know aren't really necessarily quite teasery anymore since things are out there but uh, it's worth noting that uh, we had teasers for both Pepper Gomez and Ilio DiPaolo um, Pepper Gomez has been kind of just one of my favorite cards and someone that uh, I, I really got to know mostly through the game you know I'd heard of him before um, but I didn't know much about him and then you know the the black and white release I can't remember off the top of my head which set he was in was that was um, was it Vintage? I might be getting that wrong. It doesn't matter. The point is he was released black and white. And uh, that's how I got to know a little bit more about him and was fascinated by by him and, and his feud with Ray Stevens and you know his workout in, in California in particular. Um, but of course, he, he works a lot of different territories. Um, and I, I think he's just a wonderful addition to the game. There's a really cool mechanic on the card um, that was not present on the black and white card. Um, and uh, uh, then, of course, there's also the mechanic that was present on the black and white card is still there as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then Ilio de Paolo, which uh, obviously, you know, uh, I, I think is someone that uh, we have kind of an interesting uh, relationship with, I guess you could say, or, or, or you know, at one time uh, had a relationship with um, since he is unfortunately no longer with us. But yeah, his, his restaurant. Right. Um, but uh, uh, great. You know, great star uh, from Buffalo and and uh, the Toronto uh, uh, territory, and uh, wonderful to have him in color as well. Uh, Mike, thoughts on these updates? Well, first off, you haven't lived until you've seen Ilio DePaulo beat Gorgeous George in like ten seconds when you're <laughs> sitting in Ilio DePaulo's restaurant. Oh, that's like that, like that. To me, <laughs> that, that is, is cool. like one of those those cool things where and 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 sitting there seeing his family like looking around and looking at his family while that match is being played on a loop. Um, yeah. Cause you can watch it 10, you know, 10 times in a minute and a half. <laughs> uh, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think that both these guys are, you know, people who, you know, we had in black and white who folks really wanted to see in color. This was a great opportunity to get them there. And, and I hope, you know, all our, you know, game fans enjoy it because they're, they're just great, great wrestlers, great characters and great people having the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, Tim telling a story, I believe, uh, on the podcast, it, it may, it might've been at one of the cons, but on uncharted territory, uh, about, um, going to the restaurant and of course, you know, seeing the footage and all these matches that are playing, like, I wonder if I can get a tape of that and, and asking, and of course they, you know, they gave him copies of the tape and there's all this great footage of Ilio wrestling stuff that, you know, that, that he had never seen before and, and stuff that, you know, some of it hadn't even been playing in the restaurant that he had seen either, uh, which, which I always thought was really cool. It's like, man, that's like a, a gold mine, you know, a wrestler's personal archive, basically that, that, you know, their family has, um, Todd thoughts. Well, and, and, and his family is awesome. Like if you, if you, you go to the restaurant, they're awesome people. Like 
you know, for anybody who has the chance to go to that up to Buffalo, make a trek to Elio's restaurant because it, they're great people. Like they're, they're, they're a credit to his name and it, and it's just wonderful. Like you, you enjoy the history of wrestling, watching the matches, but you, you enjoy the history of Elio with the food and every, and the service and everything in the restaurant. It's awesome. Yeah, well, it's worth noting that you know when I when I Googled him um, to you know to just write the the short teaser, uh, everything that came up from just Googling his name was connected to the restaurant and connected to like his ties to Buffalo. There was no wrestling. I had to, I actually <laughs> had to Google Ilio De Paolo wrestler in order to find like the wrestling information, um, yep. which is I think is a testament in and of itself to exactly what you're talking about, Mike, about how you know how integral to the community that that restaurant has become and how important you know it is to his family and the family is to the community and uh, certainly in reading some of the stuff that I read about him, um, in particular from an obituary from a local newspaper, uh, is just how he considered everyone in the community to be a part of his family. Um, and, and, and vice versa, you know, that he was a part of everybody's family as well, which is, which is pretty incredible. Um, and I think that, he, you know, then you look at his wrestling career and you think about all the cool stuff that he did as a wrestler. It's just sort of like, man, like that's pretty awesome. And, 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 and his life in general, you know, coming over from Italy and at first having to go to South America, like not even going to the United States first, he actually went to South America before he could get into the United States. And so it was like, it was really this, this incredible journey, uh, for him. Um, and then, you know, one day he's, he's challenging Luthez for the World Heavyweight Championship and, and Dick Hutton and, you know, taking him to time limit draws. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and, I, and, and I can recall hearing stories about the restaurant, um, you know, gosh, probably 20 years ago, I think, maybe for the first time, um, you know, between the boards and the guest book and stuff like that. So um, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. It's pretty cool to have that, that association, and that, that connection. Um, Todd, what are your thoughts on these color updates? I'm definitely glad we have them. I mean, these again, as you mentioned, two guys I first learned about through the game. Um, but you know, Pepper Gomez, I know, did a lot of stuff out in California, I believe, and Texas. So mm -hmm. kind of both known in both areas there. So uh you know, big name there. So really cool to have that. And obviously, you know, the ties with Ilio and us doing, you know, the one Galacticon up there at his restaurant and everything. And I think, you know, I'm glad they finally get him in there. Hopefully one day we maybe we'll make it back up to Buffalo. Uh it'd be nice to do a Round of Destroyer Park golf and then go get some dinner <laughs> at uh, Elia's would be pretty nice. Although I did see it's the opposite side of the, the city, but you know, I'm sure we can still make that work. I mean, if if, if we're going to make the AAW show work here in Chicago for Galactica. It's true. It's not know. that much different. Than that. You're right. Exactly. You're right. Um, Rob, what are, your, what are your thoughts on uh, on these two color updates? Um, well, I remember uh, the black and white releases very well. I, I remember that uh, Pepper Gomez is a, a Legends team favorite. Maybe it was Tim. I forget exactly who it was. But it's got to be cool for them to be able to get the cards out that they really like. You know, they do so many of them. But uh, the art is awesome on both of them. Um, I haven't seen the stats on them yet. But cool to hear that that mechanic is still on Pepper Gomez. I remember thinking that was pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny because, uh, you know, I think, uh, some folks were talking on the board about always forgetting, you know, to, to utilize it. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, for me, like it was something that I really did pay attention to. And I'm sure that there are a couple of roles here or there that, you know, I, I, I might've muffed it on or whatever, but, uh, I always thought it was a really cool mechanic. And, and I think the new one is cool too, because, uh, it, you know, it basically allows for, you know, a setup move in essence to, that, you know, it turns one of his, uh, level three offensive moves, 
potentially into leading directly into his finisher, um, which I think is really cool. And, and you know, just for wrestling in general, it's something that we do see uh, a lot. You know, it's like a wrestler has a setup move, and, and to be able to utilize that on a card, especially on a Legends card, I think is, is, is pretty cool. And it's not the first time, obviously, that that's been done, but um, I think for, for this card, it was it was neat to see. Uh, and just as, as an amendment to what I said earlier, Legends International uh, was the set that Pepper Gomez was, was initially in for Black and White, um, not not vintage. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm thrilled that, that these were the, the two final names that were announced. So obviously, you know, I was aware that they were coming, but, um, I just think that this is a super cool set and, and I am just really excited with it. Um, I think now having them in hand, um, I, I mean, for me, Sputnik and, and Billy were kind of the two cards that just immediately sold the set for me. And I think that they are statted out perfectly. They, they, they mesh so well together. You can, just tell by reading the stats that the having matches between the two of them is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I think everybody else looks great too. I, you know, there's not uh, massive changes to, to Don Leo Jonathan, but you know, he's, he's a beast as, as he should be. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, Anthony Naraka and, and, and Les Thatcher. And I mean, everybody, I, the, the whole set, it, it's great. They, everybody looks really good. Um, and I, I think that uh, I was telling Chad earlier that all of these guys are going to find their way into my fed sooner rather than later. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to bringing them in. Um, any before we before we move on any any thoughts about the the legends cards anything you guys want to add about uh the the new set todd no just uh, I'm, I'm interested uh, to try them out and see how they fare this sunday they will be part of uh, <laughs> the legends tournament will be running on sunday so i'm looking to see who uh, comes out there we have the the field kind of picked out we're going to supplement it with a couple other guys too from the era so hopefully one of these guys comes out on top we'll see right um Mike, what about you? Any any uh, any kind of final thoughts about the legend set before we move on? I mean, I'm just excited for it to be in people's hands. I, I'm kind of trying to figure out myself who I want to bring into my Fed earlier. You know, there's, there's, I mean, it's so many good guys who can fill a, a variety of different roles in your Fed right now. So, I mean, if you want a main eventer, if you want mid card, you've got a lot to go with. So. I'm just trying to figure out myself how to fit everybody in. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited and hopefully everybody else is too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny, you know, I was just kind of glancing at them again and I do, I mean, I just think that, that everybody turned out so, so well. Um, and like you said, there's really some great, uh, spot fillers, you know, whatever you want to put in on your card, you, you know, if you're looking to bring somebody in, the set definitely has somebody that'll, that'll, you know, fill a, a good spot. Um, I can't wait to use Sputnik and Billy. Uh, <laughs> Rob, what about you? Any thoughts about the set as a whole before we move on? I mean, yeah, I, I do. I, I really thought the art um, was uh, outstanding for this set, and especially for the era that these guys chose, you know. Um, oh, pretty colorful. Um, I thought Don, Don Leo Jonathan was just amazing. Yeah. One of the best uh, legends, my uh, looks at least, ever, I thought. So I don't know. I just think I think Warner's been killing it. Um, you know, he's always getting better. But yeah, as a whole, just wonderful, wonderful looking set. The, the Don Leo one. I know we were going through references, and you know, Mike had that as one of the ones on the list. And everyone's like, "Wow, we really like this one." But can he pull? You know, can Warner pull it off? And then the end, Mike's like, "No, let's have him do it. Let's have him try it." And like, okay, no, nah, he nailed it. So no, I, I mean, like, I, I'm actually, you know, I normally try and like 
bring everybody in in a certain order like you know like i try and bring in the guys from earlier sets in first and but don leo jonathan's coming in like with that art like he has to come in there there's yeah. no i mean like he's gonna you know bobby heenan or somebody's gonna find a reason to sign that guy yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I mean, I love, you know, you, you were talking about the color, Rob. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. Even the way that, like, um, you know, Rock is, like, uh, Trunks pop, you know, being that orange as opposed to Yeah, just, you know, that's the guy I was thinking about. There's a guy, Orange Trunks, I couldn't think of who it was, and I remember seeing it and being like, just that little that little orange makes the whole thing go. And, and you know, those Legends cards have that, those kangaroos look so, look so good against that vanilla that blue against that vanilla or whatever that is that cream yeah. and i don't know if it's just the just the colors you guys chose or, or the wrestlers you chose for this this set but they all really play really they play well off of that cream background and the red and the and the, and the gold and it's just they all look great and not all the, the legends color, cards um vibe that well mm-hmm. but these all do yeah the one without much color is the uh, Sputnik Monroe, but you know we just really love that. Yeah, that uh, maybe the close one up whole is great. Slide. So good. Well, yeah. well, you know these guys all worked in black and white on TV, so you know we gave them some color, and it was like, bam, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just popped. Yeah, right. Um, no, I'm glad you brought up the kangaroos too, because yeah, I, I love the kangaroos cards. The art is great, great, and one of the things I'm pretty sure that Corey was the one that did the stats for him. I think that Red Berry turned out so great. Like having those wrestling stats for him, those you know kind of prime career stats, it's it just awesome. And I cannot wait to use him. You know, in my my. I have a middleweight title. I don't call it like a junior heavyweight or anything. I call it the middleweight belt, but um, I'm definitely going to, you know, throw him into that division at some point and have him, have him wrestle as well as manage the the kangaroos. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, we had some debate that went on between whether we should do the manager stats, which would be, you know, sort of that weaker version of him or have his prime career. And I know like in the black and white, we did the manager wrestling stats, but then there was a um, the online promoter. There was a um, a version of him that was done with his prime stats, and so the thought was, let's make him the manager with the prime wrestling stats, so that people can use him however they want. Really, um, and 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 if you want if you want to be more of a manager, you can always use the coming out of retirement chart, you know, to sort of downgrade him, right, cool. and, and have him be more of a, a of a manager. Uh, but if you want to see what he was like in his prime as a, you know, whether you want to call it a cruiserweight, junior heavyweight, whatever your middleweight, whatever your division was, um, he can wrestle that legitimately for what the prime of his career would suggest. So I think, I, I think it was a good call by the legends team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to using them. Like I said, so I, I think uh, you know it's another it's another big win um, for for Legends. Uh, just a great set and great new names, um, excellent color updates. Uh, I, I think the prime names, you know, I, I, I the Kangaroos. It's no secret are one of my favorite tag teams. Uh, they dominated my tag team division for quite a while in in multiple iterations of my Legends Fed. Uh, so I'm thrilled to have have them uh, available as well. Um, 
And then on the indie side of things, you know, I think things turned out really well. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to add to kind of some of the stuff we've already talked about, especially, you know, having Zeke on last time. But like, um, you know, I think Bobby Beverly and Eric Ryan turned out great having those deathmatch, you know, stats. Uh, it was, was a great idea. Uh, I think the main event looked fantastic stat wise. I just, you know, I really yeah. love uh, that they're, you know, they're strong that uh, uh, in spite of being kind of the, you know, the newer kids on the block when it comes to this set that uh, that they're just really good and they've got a high ceiling. So it's nice to see them with, you know, some stats that will really compete well. Um, and then, yeah, I think everybody else turned out great. I, it's obvious that the Von Eriks are kind of the stars of the set and they have the stats to kind of back that up. But um, just just some great tag teams to add to your indies division. And then uh, the prime cards turned out great, too. Kevin Thorne actually did it be a little little, little stronger than I thought he would be. He's, he, he's, he's a, uh, a legit threat, depending on how you how you position him on your card. Um so yeah, great, great stuff on the indie side as well. Any well, uh, I mean, I mean, Sam, we, we thought that it was best to portray him how he is on the indies rather than in the legends pantheon, right? Oh, of course, so of course, you know, so so I think that if we were to do a legends card of him, it would be very different than if we did an indies card of him. You know, that, that's sort right. of how this all works. You know, because you have to. Most of his career has been on the indies, and I think that's how we position him in this card but it's a great card i mean i think it's fantastic yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and i think it, you know it's great too because like somebody like shelly martinez can fill a couple of different spots you know whether or not you want to put her in the ring um you know if you've got a women's division uh or you, you run a shimmer fed or a women's fed um and then of course as a manager um she's got you know pretty great distractor rating you know i mean she's got a seven so i mean it's, it's clearly a card that she could distract me any day you know, you know? <laughs> Uh, and you know Hernandez is okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, right. Let's not, let's, let's not sell him that short. I mean, no, he's not too bad. Definitely not. No, Hernandez is great, and I love the mechanic uh, that he's got on um, his card, both for the the out of the ring and his finisher. Um, gives him a little variety there. Makes him, I think, a little tougher on offense. Um, but maybe not all little, the time. A little changing around of that move too, and a little back and forth. But I think we came up with a good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there may need to be a podcast on that story all by itself. But. <laughs> I look, I look forward to talking about that. Uh, and then we're not going to talk about Chronos right now because we're going to save that here for our main event. But uh, there are a couple things that we did want to talk about before that. We wanted to, of course, uh, talk up the Virtual Con, which is this coming weekend. Todd, take it away. Tell us what we need to know. All right. Yeah, no. So uh, tickets are still on sale. Um, uh, Ten bucks for that. And if you want to participate in the tournaments, make sure that you get your ticket faster. Uh, You know, uh, we kind of have the cutoff of the tournaments by 8 p.m. on Thursday night, just so I can kind of get everything organized and and send out to everybody. Todd's a stickler like that. (laughs) I am a stickler like that. So, yeah, definitely get in there. Uh, We're just going to be running the two tournaments this time. So at noon Eastern is going to be the uh, Kronos tournament. And at 1 p.m. is going to be the Legends tournament, which, again, is going to be based on this kind of guys from the 50s and 60s. We have the fields for both of them all set. It's just kind of waiting to see how many more people we have planned. But uh, I think everybody at least get into one of the two tournaments that wants to. And, um, you know, we have a couple of people filling in for both. But uh, uh, TK and Troy are going to be running those for us there. And then at 2 o'clock, we're going to be uh, joined by Tom Filsinger and perhaps... That devious dark menace might make an appearance again. That, that's what I'm, I'm hearing. That that's it's very possible. So we'll see. Um, 
You never know what you're. He's notoriously get. bad about schedule. That darkness. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Yeah, we we never quite know. Uh, and then uh, three o'clock, we have uh, Jerry Briscoe is going to be joining us, which is going to be a, a, a big treat. There, very uh, much looking forward to, to talking to Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's going to be a thrill. Yeah, I think that's a huge get. By the way, I mean, oh, yeah, like, definitely. yeah, I mean, Jerry Briscoe is one of the the great names, and he's seen so much history, right? I mean. So, Sam, you better have your A game together. <laughs> I'm going to be relying heavily on the community to supply me with excellent. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you offload this. You need no, to have your A game together. I'm ready for this. I uh, the, Here's a little inside baseball to steal a, a phrase from you, Mike. But uh, there was a lot of talk uh, of having uh, Jerry on my old podcast uh, a couple of years ago. And, and Chad was going to help get him as a guest for me. And so uh, I, I texted back and forth with Jerry a little bit and uh, was preparing, you know, the interview and preparing questions and stuff like that. So so I, I have some stuff that, I, you know, I, I have in the bank from, from quite a while back. So it'll be a lot of fun to, to finally do that. All right, now that you've said that, now you've really upped the ante. So you really, I mean, this has to be the A-list of A-list <laughs> podcast of questions. You know, you got Sam. I mean, you're you're you 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 didn't undersell this. Now you've built it up. So it's on. on you now. It's yeah. on you now. Yeah. Well, so so that's he's he's scheduled for thirty minutes. You know, we'll see. You know, if he goes over his time a little bit, we're not gonna we're not gonna make him go home right away. But uh, <laughs> we're not gonna cut to commercial on him. No, we're not. Gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 we're not gonna so, play him off. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Uh, but then we're gonna follow that up with a, a mini auction. We have a couple of things uh, that'll be up there. Not not a huge thing, but at least a little something there. Uh, to kind of uh, feedback, uh, you know, to the uh, Trigostes uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, and then um, then we'll get into our panels where we'll announce kind of everything that's coming up uh, over the course of the next couple months for both our May releases and uh, for Galacticon as well and have a couple uh, new pieces of art. And then, of course, we'll uh, announce our uh, con giveaway uh, there as well for the uh, for the Grow to Galacticon kickoff, too. Yeah. So uh, it will be a Legends card, and I will say that. It's cool. Um, it's I'm excited it's about it. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that'll be about it. And so we have, we'll have a couple, we'll have some information, maybe a little bit more information on Galacticon as well. Uh, we will unveil the Galacticon logo, which I think everybody here has seen. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that should, should be a lot of fun. You know, so it's about, you know, we have it scheduled about five hours altogether, including the tournaments. Uh, and we'll get you off uh, plenty of time, uh, you know, to get some dinner and stuff before uh, sitting down for WrestleMania. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm excited. Uh, you know, they're always a heck of a lot of fun, you know, rinse, wash, repeat with all the comments I've made a million times before, because it's, it's true. I, I, I really enjoy it. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one uh, a lot, obviously for, for Jerry Briscoe, but it's, it's always a great time to hang out with everybody, listen to conversation and, uh, and, and, you know, get, get the reveals and, and kind of get questions from, you know, everybody else and, and what everybody wants to know. And the interactivity of it all is, is always a heck of a lot of fun. So, uh, it'll, it'll be a great time. Um, but as Todd mentioned, there's something else happening this weekend. Uh, and we'd be remiss not to talk just a little bit about it. Um, of course, as, as any listener of the podcast knows, uh, I've not been following WWE super closely. Um, it's just not been for me lately. I've had a hard time getting into a lot of it. There's certainly some, what stuff was the that, third segment on Monday night? 
I have no idea, man. Uh, uh, no clue whatsoever. Um, but uh, I know Seth Rollins has a match with Create a Wrestler, so we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it, you know it's 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 WrestleMania, and and it's still um, no matter how you slice it, the biggest event uh, of the year for professional wrestling. Um, and I, I think that. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's definitely some stuff of intrigue, um, and some some big matches uh, are are set for the card. Um, some matches apparently aren't yet set for the card, but will be set at the card. So you'll have to kind of watch to see what's going on. That's something um, they haven't done in quite a while, I would guess. Is you know a mystery opponent at WrestleMania? I mean, has that ever happened before? Gosh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I can't think of one. Which yeah, that's I, the, I think is I think it's mentor. Mentor is gonna. Uh, gonna make it. I can see that. <laughs> it's you know it's it, it, that's one of the things too is it's like it, it, you know you can look at it I think from a couple of different perspectives one of which is like this is exciting this is new this is different who's it going to be we think it might be this one guy but you know who knows what they'll do and the other side of it is just kind of like well you know it's WrestleMania shouldn't we have had a little bit of a build shouldn't we have had you know what I mean like it's like even even though like Kane you know, had his kind of in-ring debut at, at Mania 14. They built that up for such a long time that it was super exciting by the time we got to it. So, I don't know. Um, well, here's, um, here's a question. I, I want to bring Robin on this. Yes, like, yes, Robin, I do too. Is, that's if, where I was if, 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 if you had a choice and the College of Kronos was debuting at WrestleMania, <laughs> would it be Mayday, Preceptor, or Mentor who would wrestle against Seth Rollins? Man... That's a tough one. Against Seth Rollins? <laughs> yeah, because Seth Rollins has nobody to wrestle, so we need to have somebody. Like, he needs to be punished because he couldn't qualify for WrestleMania. Oh, like, okay. Well, if it's a punishing thing, it's definitely made it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Perceptor's more like if he was – he's strictly uh, you know, a pure wrestler. If he was strictly looking for a pure wrestling match, and then Mentor's a little bit of both, I guess. Um but yeah, probably made it if it's a punishment thing. But but as far as like the match you guys are talking about, so it, I think it's interesting because I'm a, I am a WWE fan, and I think the build's been great because it's just been what's the word I'm looking for? It's been um, very unique in the sense that the build has been coming from the internet and coming from Raw at the same time. They've been building Seth Rollins up. Is this character losing his mind, trying to find a spot at WrestleMania, trying to find a match, all while this um, build with uh, possibly Cody Rhodes showing up on the internet. So if you're paying attention to both, the build's been very dramatic. Now, will it happen? I mean, I think it's going to happen. I was one of those people who, from the beginning, thought, oh, yeah, right, give me a break. He's not leaving AEW. I, in fact, Jim Steele texts me every day about this stuff. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on those texts, yes. <laughs> we debate these things in our free time and it wasn't until recently that i was like oh okay maybe this is really happening because i'm kind of like i'm kind of like i don't know probably more than your casual fan i pay attention to it but not so much that um i really thought this was just a big AEW storyline and i was impressed with it i was like wow here we go this is interesting and he's gonna do i didn't know how it was gonna end up but i I was, I think we even talked about on the board a little bit, Sam, you and I together. Yeah. And I really wasn't sold that this was a real thing. And I really think this is interesting moving forward because AEW, they, they have a huge splash. They took the, the wrestling world by storm. 
and they they're almost kind of like an NFL team. Like they kind of settled in the first three years. Now they've been there. Now they, they got to keep it going. And, and to lose a guy like that is huge. And, and, you know, where will it go in the next two or three years and vice versa. So I, I think it's awesome. I watch both shows. Um, you know, obviously being a WWE fan my whole life, I'm more of a WWE fan, but I can absolutely see everything um, that appeals to the fans from AEW. They do so many things right. And they do so many things right to the, for the fan that's been missing. Um, you know, we got spoiled years for years there with Chikara and ROH and, and PWG. And, and ever since the birth of NXT, those things have kind of gone away and you really, really have to be really hardcore wrestling fan to still kind of know what's going on with the indie scene. And, and I think back then before NXT, um, you didn't have to try as hard to kind of find great indie wrestlers. Does that make sense? What I'm saying there? Yeah. You know, ROH, Chikara, there was all those, they, they, they all had great. And then they all kind of got filtered through NXT. And I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that's what happened. So AEW filled this massive void, I thought, because, uh, and I'm not saying they're an indie fan. I'm just saying they, they've taken on that heart and that soul. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And well, yeah, and, and they gave and they gave another outlet to mainstream exposure that only WWE could provide up until. But, but with that heart of the indies there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, you watched Daniel. I'm sorry, um, Brian Danielson, and that and that's the realest dude on TV right now in wrestling. Yeah. He just goes out there, and and that's kind of what I like about. It's kind of like what I like about Tony Khan is he lets his guys do their thing. And, and, and sometimes that really, really works. And sometimes it doesn't. But the, the fact that he lets them do it, whereas Vince McMahon is obviously micromanages everything. And again, I'm not saying it's good or bad. Just that's the difference. And you see it. You can see it. There's a clear difference between the two shows. And, and I think that's one of the best things about um, AEW is, is these guys are real. And, he, and Eddie Kingston comes out there and he's real. And Brian Danielson's real. And, and that's that heart and soul of, I, you know, I saw Brian Danielson. Um, the first time I ever really got into him was, was after he got fired and he was at that Chikara show and he got in that ring and he gave a speech and I was like, this is awesome. And he looks like the same guy now in AEW and he's yeah. out there doing everything and, and he's doing everything he wants to do. And he's wrestling these guys from New Japan. I just think it's, I think it's awesome. I think sometimes I think that Brian Danielson is, is kind of the greatest wrestler ever because I, I mean, I used to make fun of the guy. Oh, you know, you know, the greatest wrestler ever. I never even heard of him. He's an ROH, you know, <laughs> years ago. And that guy made it to the main event of WrestleMania. And, yeah. and whether you like WWE or not, that's still the pinnacle of the sport. Right. And then he, like, after he did that, the dude called his own shots. He's like, all right, I'm going over here, and I'm going to cut my head open and, and have these crazy matches with wrestling, uh, Japan wrestlers. And the dude, like, does – he just does everything he wants to do, and he does it with – respect for the sport and he just he's just i think he's the most successful wrestler of my lifetime sometimes well here's my question is because you you brought up a great point with cody going to wwe it's like the first defection from AEW to go to wwe but for you know because wrestlemania it's always the the end of the year right wrestlemania is the end of the wrestling year like for for everyone so do you think is I think in the last year we've had from WWE to AEW, we've had Brian Danielson, we've had Keith Lee. Um, uh, yeah, no, Keith Lee. Yeah, Keith Lee. Uh, we've had um, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, like those three guys, like versus 
Cody going to WWE, who won, right, the last year? I mean, AEW. Considering where they, considering where they started the year. I'm not, I'm, hold on. I'm not saying who's bigger because WWE is still bigger. Right. We, we've, oh, we, sure. we all know WWE. I think we all will agree on this podcast that WWE is still the biggest wrestling company on the planet. Yeah. But, but who won the last year? Is the yeah, but I don't think it's been as much opportunity for people to go back to WWE, you know, from AEW yet. Yeah. Right. So, so, couple of years. So, but, but WWE could still have grabbed people from the outside, right? Like they, yeah. they have the financial wherewithal to grab whoever they want. Right. I mean, if they want an indie guy, WWE still gets the indie guy. I think. Don't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Wanted, I, I don't I know. The question. <laughs> I, 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 I actually don't know because the thing is, is that there are people in AEW that you know, have had opportunities with WWE, and so I think that I think because really? there, I think because there are people that you know, like MJF talked about this recently, which is funny because he doesn't do like out of character interviews very often, but he did one recently, and you know, WWE's been interested in him. And and he just flat out said he was like, look, the one thing that WWE could never give me that AEW will give me that Tony Khan will give me is I get to be myself, and that to me is more important when I'm making you know my mark as a wrestler than you know going there for for any reason. And and, and by I, the way, he's one of the best success stories of AEW. Oh yeah, period. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so I think that there are some people that that would choose AEW over WWE uh you know at this point and and you know whether or not people agree with their reasoning or not I do think that it's that that it is kind of the case now that there are some people that would rather go there. And and, and let's face it there are some people that that went there that didn't want to go to WWE that are making a ton of money. Um you know, I mean obviously CM Punk is not getting paid scale. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, you know, Tony Khan is, is paying some of these guys a ton of money. Um, and, uh, and, True, but, but I'm talking about any guys aren't going to get CM Punk money. I mean, well, that, sure. that's just not happening. And so what I'm saying is WWE can still offer the potential to someday be in WrestleMania, right? Like yeah. AEW doesn't have know, WrestleMania. You know what I think that AEW might do? And this is something that, that I don't think we're going to know the effect of for a while is that AEW might provide an opportunity for those guys, though, to not have to go to NXT. Because right now, NXT is a shit show. And if, and if I'm an indie wrestler and you tell me but, I well, have to go to uh, NXT up until first, six months ago, up until six months ago, that wasn't an argument. Well, right. right. I mean, but, 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 but it I, is now. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you tell me that I have to go to NXT, you're going to repackage me. You're going to give me a new name. You're going to give me the day glow colors and all that sort of stuff. Like, or I could go to AEW, I could be myself, I could make my mark, I could, you know, and I could potentially go back, you know, one day. Why wouldn't I? Because one of the things, here's here's one of the things I'm questioning, and, and because he set the tone in so many ways, I'm wondering if Chris Jericho, when his contract is up, if he doesn't go back to WWE. Not because he doesn't want to be in AEW, but because this is a guy that likely he's fighting against the clock at this point. And does he finish his career in AEW and say, I helped build this thing and make it, you know, the number two promotion or potentially even bigger. We'll see what happens. You never know. Or does he take all this success that he's had in AEW wrap up his time there and say, I'm going to go back and I'm going to prove to them that I'm the greatest superstar of all time as well. I'm not just the greatest wrestler, but I'm the greatest superstar, you know, and he's got the whole sports well, entertainer uh, thing going on. For, you know, for, so first like, off, I, I think Jericho is the reason AEW is on the map right now. Like sure. if, if, if they don't, I mean, uh, I love, um, you know, what 
um, Kenny Omega's done. I love what the Young Bucks have done, and and I respect what Cody's done. Right? I mean, it's all. I'm not a huge Cody fan, as anybody who's talked to me knows, but but I respect what he did to put AEW on the map. But Chris Jericho's the guy who gave them legitimacy. Yes. Right. I mean, like he he is. I mean, WWE main eventer becomes. He's the guy who gave legitimacy to the title. He he's the guy, right? I'm. I think Jericho could go either way because he has, still has a good relationship with Vince. The fact that he let him on the Stone Cold um, show, right. right? I mean, tells you Vince still trusts him. So Jericho could do whatever the heck he wants at this point. I think, but but to me, having made AEW a legitimate major league of wrestling. You know, regardless of where you, you know, whether they're two or they have someday the potential to be one, whatever people argue about, they have the potential or not. But, but the fact that Jericho's put them on a footing where it's not like, you know, impact wrestling, nobody thinks is any kind of challenge to WWE. I, I, I don't, no one but the hardest of hardcore impact fans could argue that it has a chance to threaten WWE. Right. Um, AEW does have a chance. Now we can argue, is it 1%? Is it 5%? Is it 25%? Um, But they have a chance to beat them. And the fact that, you know, the whole NXT AEW war, quote unquote, that (laughs) happened, that disappeared very fast, um, shows you that, 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 you know, AEW is not a B side, Right. Well, they're an A side. I mean, let's face it. WWE's legal team used AEW to help them, you know, make a case against the the MLW saying <laughs> that they have a monopoly on wrestling. So, I mean, hey, you know, if they're going to use that, if their legal team's going to say, "Well, look, we have competition," you know, then then I'm saying, you know, that that they've admitted it. They just did it in a very different manner than I think they right. would have done 30 we're, years ago. We're not <laughs> a we're not a monopoly. See, these guys are over here doing okay. Yeah, um, you know, and, and but but my point is Jericho can do whatever he wants. Yeah, you know, at this point, but either way, whatever Jericho decides to do, AEW is legitimate now. Right, right, and, and the fact that they've drawn so much talent now, maybe over as you know, I'll say the key players of AEW who are on longer term contracts. Right, initially AEW had a lot of guys on short term stuff, but not a guys not a lot of guys on long term. Right. But now that the guys who are on long term are coming up, well, we see what happens. Yeah. But so, so getting back to Mania, though, yeah, uh, I away from the, the question, into the Mania, which is this? Do I get to answer there. Mike's question? Yes, <laughs> of course. Can I answer Mike's question about who's winning? Oh yeah, yeah. Twenty minutes later, sure. <laughs> so here's my question back to Mike. What what departure? What what three guys did you use? Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, and who else? Keith, Keith Lee. Okay, so let's okay. Daniel Bryan or Cody? Which got the bigger reaction? Which was the bigger surprise? Cody. So, AEW. I don't know. I mean, I, did, did, was it? I mean, when you say surprise, what do you mean by surprise? Because yeah. because the internet was talking ahead of time about. Daniel uh, Brian Danielson and Cody Rhodes both ways, right? I mean, it was talked about for weeks. Okay, well, I would I would say that Cody leaving AEW was a huge surprise. People didn't even believe it, right? 
So some I'm still don't. That, that, that <laughs> won. Right. Some people just don't know exactly. And, it, right. and so we see them. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I right, do exactly, absolutely yeah. think AEW got a huge, um, well, they did. It's not even a, a debate. Huge uh, ratings boost with uh, Brian Danielson. And I think he's been, am- like I said, I think he's been amazing. I think he's been the best uh, guy they've gotten from WWE by far. How do you so, feel about Cole? That, I, I'm curious to hear what you think because you, you're a WWE guy. So, what do you think about Adam Cole? Enough. I don't think about him. Okay. He's he he he's a mid card. He's cool. There's nothing wrong with him. But I don't think he's like Brian Danielson, CM Punk type of guy. Oh no, I don't think he's Brian Danielson or CM Punk. I'm just asking. You know, I I didn't know how you felt about Cole as a wrestler. There's nothing wrong with him. I mean, he's just. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm kind of waiting for him to do something in in AEW. I know he had the thing with Paige. Um, I don't know. I liked him in WWE, okay, but even in WWE, I liked him in ROH best of all. To believe it or not, um, back in the day when we were doing his ROH card and trying to think who he was feuding with back then, he was champion. That was the most I liked him. And but I can actually say that for a lot of guys. I can say that about El Generico. I can say that about Kevin Steen. You know, some guys when they were in ROH, that was the, the most I liked them. Well, I think that's one of those things, too, about like they, they got to be themselves, you know, yeah. uh, and, and I, I, I think that out of those names that you mentioned that, you know, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens is probably the one that's been able to make the most out of not being able to be purely himself. Um, yeah. But I do think he's he's allowed to be more himself than some of those other guys are and have been. Uh, and I think it's worth mentioning yeah, to get back to the mania talk. I mean, he's 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 gotten himself into potentially one of the largest moments of the weekend um, yeah. with the the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, confrontation, which is which has basically been official. It's main eventing night one. Um, so I you know that's that's pretty cool for uh, an Indies guy that wasn't going to amount to anything according to Jim Cornette. So is that going to be a fight? Oh yeah, it's gonna be a fight. It's not just gonna be a stunner. They're gonna they're gonna fight. So, so is it gonna be an interview night one and a fight night two, or how's no? It I think they'll ju- I think they'll just do it all on night one. I don't think yeah, they're gonna yeah, yeah. I don't think they're gonna stretch it over both nights, unless they you know go off site and end up in a supermarket somewhere and Kevin Steen hides well, I mean, out that, in the back room or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I you know they could do I think they could do a couple of different things if they if they wanted to uh, they could bring Austin in they could have the confrontation Steen could start getting the better of them they could bring in Booker T they could bring in Undertaker you know and they could all three you know beat him down and defend Texas's honor or something I don't know uh, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's it it's cool. I think night one's going to be really interesting because you know we're going to get the Seth Rollins match. Apparently, we're getting Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, which may be garbage. It may be good, uh, and and of course we're also getting um, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, uh, which I think, in my estimation, has probably had one of the best builds of all the matches on Mania. Uh, with the exception of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, right? I was about um, to say, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I, I think I think that the that the storytelling that they've done, the intensity that they brought to it, you know, the injuries, which, uh, you know, frankly, 
is another one of those situations where they've done such a good job. You kind of have to say, okay, were, were those shoot injuries? Did they work those injuries? You know, because when you got Becky Lynch posting photographs from you know a hospital bed, uh, uh, and, you know, and, and and bruising around her neck, you're just kind of thinking, okay, either they're going, either they're pulling all all the stops, or she was you know legit injured. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that they've done a really good job with this build, and I think you know it's likely that it's Bianca's match to win. Um, but I also would argue that you get more in the long run out of having Becky go over and building to Mania next year with Becky and Ronda in a singles match. But we'll see. So as far as uh, Brock and Roman, what is everybody's uh, opinion there? Is it easy as just Roman winning or do we think, uh, we think Brock has a chance? I, I think... Mean- that uh, I'll just make this real quick. I think that you never know until they walk through the curtain because Vince could say at the last minute, like he's done before, Brock goes over. He loves Brock. Brock's the you know the toughest legit guy that they've got. He you know he always wants him to look strong. At the same time, Roman's the guy. He's the creation. He's never beaten Brock at Mania before. Uh, and they want to do Roman and the Rock next year in L.A. at at Mania 39, and you don't get there by having Roman Reigns lose to Brock Lesnar this weekend. So I think Roman goes over, and I think they bank on Rock being able to do Mania next year. Um, but it could literally be a situation where we hear, you know, down the road that 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 Vince made a game time decision and said, "Hey guys, I'm switching the finish." So we'll see. But I'm saying Roman. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I kind of think Roman too. Um, watching the build up, it, it's interesting because I feel like if you watch the build up, Brock is taking um, the brunt of the beating, not all of it, but uh, they've kind of built him up to to need the big win. But I just think with how I can you imagine Brock be ending the Undertaker streak and Roman Reigns five hundred day or whatever it is. So I don't know. I mean, Brock Lesnar is obviously awesome and one of the greatest characters of all time. But I think at some point, someone's got to get over beating him. And I think Roman is that guy. It's kind of puts him right over the, the peak or the mountain, so to speak, because he's been awesome. If you guys seen his promos, he's really he's really coming into his own with this character. And, yeah. And this is a guy, um, you know, this is this is this is kind of what I like um, about this match is. Both of these guys are kind of like in a different incarnation than they've been in before. We're in Cowboy Brock now. He's done his MMA thing before and and he hit his Paul, Paul, Paul Heyman thing before. He's t- speaking for himself now and, and now we're but, getting a tribal chief. So it's I, I like that they're changing a lot. You know, they're evolving their characters. And, and, and I like trilogies, you know, and I think this is a big one. I think Roman takes it. But I, I'd be happy either way. They're two of my favorite wrestlers. So oh, yeah. can't lose. Yeah, and it's going to be a train wreck. You know, it's going to it's going to be one of those matches, <laughs> absolute train wreck. Like I watched his matches, and it's someone. Bret Hart was just saying Brock Lesnar. He's never. He said he's, he's a safe worker. He makes it look like he's killing you, but it's, he's one. He's, he actually ripped. Took an opportunity to rip on Goldberg. He said he's nothing like Goldberg. So, uh, it, I watch his matches, and it looks like like it looks like they're hurt. It looks like wow, how can they do that? And these big guys are crazy. So I'm really looking forward to that match. What are the chances you think that they both bleed in the match? <laughs> I don't 
I would say no. I don't think WWE does blood. Um, um, I don't think so. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm trying to think what match would have blood in it is because you just brought that up. I mean, I just, I think, I think, I think, I think Brock, no, I think Brock is going to, I mean, there's, in my mind, there's no way that Brock does a mania main event like this and doesn't, and doesn't bleed. I don't, I, I if, whether it's I hard way or not, you know, I mean, I just, I, I have a feeling that he'll, well, I, I mean, to me, look, uh, here's the interesting question, you know, is Brock Lesnar the undertaker? Right. Is he the new Undertaker? Because Vince gave him that he effectively took the Undertaker's title as the WrestleMania guy. And is he going to give it up to Roman Reigns? I don't know. Like, because I think he's too old to be the new Undertaker, don't you? 44. No, No, but I look at it as like the linear title. Right. Like like he trusted Brock with that win over the undertaker. So who, who gets that next big win back? Is it going to be Reigns? And I think it could be, I think Roman Reigns legitimately could be the guy who takes that, but, but does he choose that? That's the question because I think, you know, Lesnar, you know, my brother and I have had this debate for years when, when like he thought that Lesnar was the worst guy to give that win to, there should have been somebody younger and my point was Vince has made plenty of money off of Brock that justifies him beating the Undertaker. Oh, he brought him up to the next level. I, I that's mean, right. Big, I, he made okay, it like you, you, Uber. You can yeah. have a conversation with Kevin offline. Okay? Oh, sure. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll let you have that uh, b- because I agree with you. But, but the question is, does Vince think he's got another three years of Lesnar doing this, in which case maybe he has him win? against Reigns. Yeah, I you know, I mean the thing is, is I think there is enough doubt even with the potential for Rock Roman at, at Mania next year in Los Angeles. I think there's enough doubt that, you know, Brock goes over now and you know, you save that build with Roman and the Rock for later. Um, right. And well, and, and the other thing is is that, you know, like everybody always said the Undertaker was going to put somebody over, right? Edge was going to he was going to put Edge over at WrestleMania right. Undertaker was going to put so like Undertaker was going to put so many guys over for so many years that CM Punk, right. CM Punk was going to lose, was going to beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. All these guys were going to win at WrestleMania and they didn't at the end of the day. That's the right. to me, that's the biggest reason for doubt in this match is because every time someone said that guy was going to, the new guy was going to go over Vince went the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say is I do think that it's the it is the perfect opportunity to fully cement Roman Reigns in the position that they have clearly seen him in for the past you know five six years, and I think with a win at Mania, Roman becomes just undisputed the guy, and 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 now you've got someone that you know who's going to stop Roman, and whoever stops Roman, whenever they do, however they do. I mean, that's going to be a big deal. And I think in some ways, that question is a much bigger deal than who's going to stop Brock. As crazy as that sounds. I think that if Roman gets the win at Mania, it actually does more for Roman than it would if Brock wins. I think it does. It does more. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You, you mentioned Edge and AJ Styles. I, I got to know, what do you guys think of this one and, and, and what they've done with it? Rob? Um, 
I Edge used to be one of my favorite guys in his prime. I, I've had a hard time getting into his return, but I love AJ Styles. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Not not high on my list of matches. I'm looking forward to. Can't get into Edge's promos. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I love AJ Styles. I love everything he does, and I and I love that Vince thinks so much of him. That he gives him because I know and Edge is is a is a, a legend um, even in his current state. So it's a big match on the marquee, but. I, I don't know. I'd rather see AJ Styles against someone who can give him a really real athletic match, you know, and I don't think Edge is that guy. What do you guys think? Yo, Todd? I kind of I kind of agree with that. I, I think uh that AJ Styles is kind of almost seen like the new Shawn Michaels. That you know, they know who's gonna put on a good match with whoever he's on with and just kind of showcase, you know, whether it's a legend or somebody that, you know, you know, like he did the one with Shane that was actually pretty good a couple of years ago. Like he's just gonna get a good match out of anybody and make some type of story out of it. I think that's his position right now, which is fine. I mean, I'm again this is probably I agree it's kind of low on my list of ones I'm interested in as well. But Mike, what do you think? Well, I mean to well, I I haven't seen a lot of the buildup. I'll admit to not watching a lot of WWE programming. Um, but you know, Edge has put on some decent matches since he's come back. You know, I I just think that people have felt he's um, he's not going to be a serious contender in the long run. So people have kind of checked out on him. But I think he can still put on a decent match. I think he and Styles will put on a good match. I'm just not sure. And Styles can carry a guy to a great match, right? I mean, I think we all feel that way about Styles, to your point about um, the new Shawn Michaels. So, you know, to me, it'll be a good match. I'm not sure where it goes story-wise, right? I mean, like, what? there's some of these matches at Mania that you look at are, they're a good show because it's going to be a good match, and there's others you go, oh, this is a good show. Like, this is going to advance things after me and i don't see where this goes after me yeah i could see that that's a good point right i mean it'll, it'll be a good match i mean i i have no doubt that edge will lay it all out on the line aj styles will lay it on the line i think it'll be a great match i think they're, they're both pros they'll put on a great match but i i just don't see anyone getting anything out of this coming out of mania yeah, I think that that's a, a great point, and I, I think that that's kind of the key is that, yeah, there's not there's not necessarily a ton to be gained for either one from this match, but I think that there's the potential for the fans to gain something from it. So it is kind of one of those matches where I feel like, you know, it's a potential for a fan favorite match. That said, I think one of the, one of the moments that really soured me personally on, on WWE and one of the things that has made it difficult for me to, to be as invested um, uh, and, 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 and to just kind of say, like, yeah, they're not for me anymore was the match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura at, at WrestleMania because they could have gone out there and tore the house down and they did what they did instead. And that's fine. But it just, it, it just was kind of like, man, this, this really stinks. Like I've seen these two go before, you know, and there's no reason why you, you put a title match between these two on your card and you don't let them go. But, um, 
but we'll, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, if they go out there and they get 10 minutes, then it's going to be what it is and it'll be fine. Whatever. You know, if they go out there and they give them 20 minutes, then we could have, we could have something special on our hands. We'll see. Um, do you think, do you think it'll be less? I mean, you really think it'll be a 10 minute match? Nah, it's no, gonna be more like a 20 I don't, match. I, I don't either, but I, but I wouldn't be, let me put it this way. If it ended up being a 10 minute match, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I would, there wouldn't be like this moment where I just be like, you've got to be kidding me. It would just be more like, yeah, okay. I get, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see do. this match going less than 15. Like that, no. th- that's no. the floor. I think me, me, me either. But I'm just saying, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they did do that because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of what they do doesn't necessarily surprise me in those terms. So I, don't I just don't want it to go as long as that edge Randy Orton street fight match from the, from the warehouse a couple of years ago. That was, yeah, we don't, uh, that, that we, don't need, we, we don't need 25 <laughs> minutes in the warehouse. Look, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I understand why people don't like that match. And I will agree that it might've gone a little too long, but I much like Bret Hart liked that match. It was five minutes lot. too long. It was five minutes. Too long. <laughs> um, I give it a four out of 10. So uh, <laughs> harsh. Uh, so it was a Bret Hart. Bret before we, I, I, I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not that harsh. Huh? Before we move on. Before we move on, Rob. Anything else that interests you? You know, being kind of the resident WWE fan on the show. Anything else that interests you? Like going into this. I mean, obviously, we got our celebrity matches. You've got some other title matches. You got the Bobby Lashley almost thing that just got announced. Um, is there anything else besides kind of what we've already talked about that that has you hyped for 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 the weekend? Sometimes I think I'm the only WWE fan in the whole community. <laughs> well, I don't think that's possible, but 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 I understand why you might feel that way. <laughs> but, uh, but I do. I love all wrestling first and foremost. You guys know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly, if you're watching Dynamite so, too, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, I did really enjoy Adam Cole when he, when he wrestled Pat McAfee. So I think, and I think, um, and I don't know much about Austin theory. Like this is this kind of what I'm talking about earlier. I have no idea where this guy came from. Apparently we have like an evolved card of him. I had no idea. Yeah. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a great match. That was probably Adam Cole's my favorite. That was my favorite Adam Cole match while he was in WWE. It was against Pat McAfee. Um, let's see. I, I mean, I really like the, I really like the Becky Lynch, um, Bianca Belair, I'm not so much into Charlotte and, and Rhonda. I like Charlotte, but Rhonda doesn't do it for me. Um, trying to think what other matches are even on this show. Name some other matches. Uh, there's a tag Ooh, team match with like um, it, Arcade okay. Bro. Uh, the, um, uh, uh, well, okay. Well, I'll say this. Is, this is what I'll say. I'm like everybody else. When they start making these multi-person matches i'm like you know it's hard to follow i prefer a rivalry i i like alpha academy i wish they had just stuck with alpha academy against rk bro but with that said we go all the way back to when wwe released a bunch of people so like we can't you know i can't have it both ways you know they either release a bunch of people or they or they or they put a bunch of people on the card, you know what I mean, and it's it, it, and, and as fans, we're not we're not happy either way. I'm not happy. No <laughs> right. I don't know what to be honest with you. I think it's stupid as hell. That they have a two night WrestleMania, and and I think it's stupid as hell. That it's seven hours. I think it's. I want to see, and and I'm. This is old. Hold on, you'd have hated my GWF perennial then, because I've had that for two nights for years. But, oh, you know, I once had a three night 
perennial actually okay that's story. just nuts sam that's stupid we're not gonna even discuss that but <laughs> well, sorry rob go ahead your cards are great but for wwe you know a lot of a lot of what's great about wrestling is it's it's short impact it, it hits you, you you take it all in and then it's over and then you sit there and go wow but when it's seven friggin' hours long and it's two days, like you don't get that. You don't get that. You, you, it just keeps going and going. And I miss, like, if you think about when we were kids and like the Austin Warrior came out and crushed Honky Tonk Man and, and or Hogan beat someone and then it was over. It was over in two hours and it left you reeling. These shows nowadays, it's like you have to like drink a cup of coffee to stay up with it. And it's. <laughs> well, here's a question. You know, here's another question for you, Rob, because I think that's a good point. Like, do you, you know, in the old days, WrestleMania was what, three hours? Like, three to four like, hours. Three, three to four hours. Were four hours, yeah. But then, but then it started to become like a five hour spectacle, right? I mean, like, you, you With started a two hour at seven. <laughs> right. You know, like, so is it better to have it two nights where it's four hours each night? Yeah. Or, sure. or, or, or that monstrosity that it was. No, for sure. I no nobody wants to, to sit there for nine hours or whatever it was. But my point is, is and I don't know if this is because of Triple H, but but wrestling as a whole, regardless of what Fed we're talking about, is an, we've never seen anything like this where the majority of of active wrestlers alive right now are in one of two Feds for the most part, and it's 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 incredible. So I, I think it's it's WWE is in a weird situation, like they either. Because I look at it like they're giving everybody a year-end bonus. This is your year-end bonus. You get to be on WrestleMania. And I think that's cool. But it does hurt the product. And I'm I'm WWE fan telling you that, that I'd rather see a tag team. It, it's hard to believe that four tag teams could have equal anger and equal uh, – all those things required to have a, a fight, to have a match. And not every wrestling match has to be a fight. It could be competition. But I sometimes I just want – like Rock and Roman. I just want to see two guys fighting. You know what I mean? I don't want to see six guys fighting and four guys fighting and eight women in a tag team. Like it's, sometimes it's just almost too much to follow. Am, am I just being guy get off my lawn guy? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that some of the stuff, some of the stuff that, that you're talking about, I, I think it does have a place. But I agree with what you're saying, especially when you consider that like the Street Profits, like it, it does feel like it's just kind of inserted last minute. You know that you've got you, you've got this feud going between RK Bro and Alpha Academy, and then all of the sudden, you know, here come the Street Profits and, and saying like, "Hey, we deserve to be in this match too." Oh, okay, we'll put you in the match, and and that's fine. I'm sure it could be a good match. I mean, that's six very talented individuals. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think that when you look at the story and you look at the beef between the guys, it made more sense for it to just be those two teams. And then you look over on like SmackDown and you've got the Uzos versus Nakamura and Boogs. And it's just kind of like, well, that's, that's barely been a story for two weeks, you know, but they get to have that was horrible. You know how they built that up. And this is what I hate about WWE. They do this all the time. They beat the champions. One guy, beat, all they, they set that up with a uh, squash. Boobs beat one of them in like thirty seconds, which is I think is horrible because you have this dominant tag team champion and he gets in a singles match and you treat him like a jobber and that builds up the match. And I just and I understand like it's got to be tough. You got all these wrestlers. You got all these commercials. You got to have you only got so much time. And and, and that's why Raw and SmackDown kind of suck because the matches are so short and 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 you can't 
do both. It's hard to build. Like, that's what's cool about the pay-per-views. It's like, boom, you just get into it, and everybody's wrestling. And they give you a quick, this is how we got there. But the TV shows, they have to spend all this time talking and building it up. And it's exhausting. And, and, yeah. And it really is. And it sucks to see. Especially when it's three hours. Back. Yeah. And the commercials, I mean, it's just after a while, like you flip a channel on a commercial. I forget it's even, oh, it's 1030. Like I forget it. It sucks because I want to watch it. You know what I mean? I want to watch it. But momentum. Momentum yeah. is a big thing with wrestling. And, and, and you watch these shows and like they just stop your momentum constantly. That's what I mean. That's one of the things I think AEW has done so well is that they, you know, by having the matches air during the commercials, uh, by you know, by not having a whole lot of you know filler stuff. Uh, you know, some dynamites certainly have a little bit more talk than others, but you know, I, I think that the shows just move a little bit better. Um, I think that you know they suffer some issues with their pay per views. Even you know, it's a weird thing, but you know, it's like okay, I, I just saw like four amazing blow away great matches over the course of the past three hours but i saw one of them at eight i saw one of them at you know 8 30 i saw another one at 9 30 and then i saw one at 10 and it's just kind of like that's just such it's a weird pacing thing and so i i think that there's you know that there's good and bad on both sides but um you know all this said it's wrestlemania i I, i'm i'm looking forward to a couple of the matches i don't know if i'm gonna watch everything but uh i I certainly you know i want to see brock and roman i want to see what they do i want to see how that all shakes out i want to see if cody shows up you know i'm i'm in in the camp why i texted this to todd earlier uh i I was uh last week i think it's like yeah i'm leaning towards that he's absolutely going to be there but i also am not going to believe it until i see it after all the you know chicanery and everything that we've been reading and all the stuff that's been reported because it's like even the you know even the dirt sheets which so many of them like to actually like you know say like this is going to happen and then whether or not it happens then after the fact they'll say well it didn't happen because blah 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 blah, or whatever (laughs) but in this case it's like they're all covering their ass preemptively they're like well he may be there but he may not be there there's plans in place for both things to happen and it's just quite like wow you guys just don't know either um which if 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 it goes off and, and and he's there then it's a case where like maybe they got played maybe they got played by you know by the best in the business so we'll see um but I, I know I, I mean obviously I wanted us to be able to devote some time to this because it's the biggest event of the year and and again you know knowing that you follow it a little bit more closely than, than we do Rob I, I certainly wanted to get your input on it but uh I don't know Mike anything left to add about mania well I mean I, I think we hit most of the notes I mean I I, I just I think as much as I don't follow WWE these days, like I used to religiously, and I I just haven't the last couple of years because they've lost me, but I will say they bring me back for this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen and they have a chance to win me back. Right. You know, uh, you know, I don't like the way they pace raw and SmackDown to your point, Sam, with the commercials and everything right now, it just doesn't work for me and all the segments but they always have every year they get a chance to win me back because that's what mania is. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good point. And I've said it before and I, and I still kind of feel this way that in past years, yes, they have always kind of drawn me back around this time of year. This has not been, this has been the exception to that. Um, But they still can get your back Sam. Right? Well, you know yes, I mean? like that's right. That's you're, right. You're, you're, you're going to tune in. And that's the beauty of WWE, that they have an advantage over anyone else, is that this is the pay-per-view that they can win someone back with. 
Well, and and the advantage, one of the big advantages they have right now too is is I don't have to pay a dime for it. All I have to do is give them my time. You know, I get Peacock through my Xfinity subscription right. for free, so it's like right. this is a situation where I can just throw it on. Uh, well, so yeah, but, but they but they can win you back. I mean, and and as much as you know, we can talk about how the network, you know, to Peacock has hosed fans who want to look up wrestlers and like it's it's not as user friendly and everything else. We could talk about that, but, but you know, you're still going to tune in this weekend and that's what they want. Yeah. Right. And they have the chance. They have the, the, the market opportunity. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I, yes, I, whether or not I would be watching it or following it as closely as I have in years past, that's up for debate, but yes, they, 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 they certainly will get the opportunity. Um, you know, and that's uh, part of that is also I'm a lifelong wrestling fan and for the longest time they were, you know, they were all I followed. So we'll see. Um, Todd, final thoughts about mania. Uh, I'll be watching. Uh, I, I'm interested in some of the celebrity ones too. Like I think, you know, you know the ones that they yeah, had there. We didn't uh, talk about that yet. I, I, I think the, you know, the Sami Zayn is, is kind of fun. I, I'm sure he'll, you know, pull something interesting out with Johnny Knoxville. So, you know, just for Sami Zayn, you know, you, you got to admit though, even if you think that's a silly match, which I kind of do too, that is, uh, pretty incredible for him you know that's a that's a uh, a-list hollywood star yeah. he's in the ring there with you know for a guy like that you know i met i, I hung out with Sami Zayn at some crappy bar when he was el generico with gabe sapolsky for some evolve show in detroit now he's in uh wrestlemania with johnny knoxville i think that's awesome yeah you know, it's got to be great for him he's got to think that's the coolest thing in the world he's got to be happy with that right I, yeah, I, I can only imagine. I, based off of some of the stuff that he said, uh, you know, just recently too about like re-upping his deal with uh, WWE as opposed to you know going elsewhere or whatever. It sounds like for him, yeah. I mean, it's like I, 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 I like where I am and I get treated really well here, and I'm doing cool shit that I wouldn't have gotten a chance to do anywhere else. So why not? You know, yeah, I think, and and more power to him. I think Sammy yeah, and Kevin are in a good spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it might be it might be one of those matches when it's over like the bad bunny thing you know where you're like wow what was that right yeah. <laughs> right 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 yeah well, I, it'll be interesting you know i think that one of the things that 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 uh, maybe there i think there'll be some smoke and mirrors because you know obviously johnny knoxville will be willing to do any stupid stunts that they ask him to do or he'll probably come up with on his own um and and but being a one-on-one match makes it a heck of a lot more interesting than say like the miz and logan paul versus the mysterios um you know which obviously you know logan paul doesn't have to do much in that if he doesn't want to or is is not capable of uh, of it so uh the celebrity stuff is fine. It's always been, you know, there's always been celebrity involvement. It hasn't always been to, you know, this degree, but well, yeah, whatever. There was a number of years where there wasn't much celebrity involvement. I think it's, I think it's right that they brought it back. There, there's a kind well, of era for, you know, like the early twenties and stuff. There really wasn't any celebrities there. There's all, well, but, but I mean, yes and no, there, there might not have been like in ring in matches involvement, but there's always been celebrities at mania. They're, they've always given time to, to like you know to celebrities mm-hmm. on the show on on the card whether or not it's just you know a special guest ring announcer or, or or you know whatever the case may be it's not always been in ring but yeah I mean there's there's definitely always been some celebrity component but you know you're right I mean as far as like in ring in the matches yeah it hasn't always been the case um, yeah so mania two days this Saturday and Sunday April second April third 
let us know what your what your thoughts are. You know, let Rob know that he's not alone; that he's not the only WWE fan uh, in the community. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, speaking of two night events, I wanted to take just a brief, brief, brief moment to talk about um, an event that happened this past weekend, which was uh, honestly, I, I think that if anyone gets the opportunity to to watch it, it's it's worth uh, a watch. Uh, I'll I'll name check just a few matches. Specifically, uh, to, to seek out that are absolutely worth your time. But if you have any interest whatsoever in women's wrestling or, or you know, uh, Joshi wrestling, Japanese women's wrestling, um, the uh, Stardom event from this past weekend, Stardom World Climax, um, they held a two-night event um, in, in Tokyo at the Ryogoku Kokigan. Um, the best uh, and the top; those are the names of the events um, over two different nights. Uh, and the, you know, of course, the big news kind of coming out of this was that, um, or going into it rather, was that uh, Kyrie was going to make her, um, you know, her re. Uh, debut for for the company, uh, Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Hojo, who uh, of course wrestled uh, for WWE for a number of years, NXT, and then of course on the main roster, and then left. And you know there was this was around the time that there was the thought of opening up an NXT Japan, much as they had done in the UK, and so they sent her back to Japan. And then of course COVID happened, and then she wanted out of her contract, and they didn't let her out of her contract. And then I think things got a little bitter, and she was just like, "Fine, I'll just sit this out, and when I'm up, I'll do whatever I want to do." And it turns out what she wanted to do was go back to stardom and it created a hell of a lot of buzz and it gave them, I, I think, something going into this event to, to promote and, and get some new eyes uh, on the product. And uh, boy, did they, I mean, did they swing for the fences and I think they hit uh, two home runs, quite frankly. Both were, were amongst some of the best, you know, top to bottom events that I think that they've ever put on. I think Kyrie coming back was, was huge. Um, she was in a tag match on the first night and then a singles match the second night. I'll get to that in just a moment. But the the event overall, uh, you know, was a great spotlight for their entire roster. Um, they, you know, Stardom has, of course, really fostered some of the best uh, women's talent in, in the world for the past decade, uh, past 11 years. And uh, I think that these uh, events were really just exemplary of that. Um, obviously, they, they're unable to have much um, foreign talent on the cards right now due to uh, COVID-19. Um, really, the, the only non-Japanese talent on the card is Thecla, uh, which is one of the reasons why I want to talk about this, because, of course, Thecla got a, a card for Phil Singer Games uh, at the Indies uh, Prime uh, Q4 release just uh, recently, um, and she joined Stardom not too long ago, and uh, it was around the time that her card was released, actually. She was inserted into you know one of the hottest factions in the promotion, Donna Del Mundo. Uh, Julia, of course, who's one of their top talents, one of their top names, uh, is, is the leader of that faction and is tagged with Thecla quite a bit. Thecla actually won the SWA uh, championship, which is a unique belt in stardom because the the whole notion of the belt is that you have to defend it against foreign talent. So uh, obviously it was prime for her because being that she's the only foreign talent, the only gaijin talent in, in the Fed, uh, why not put the belt on her because then she can defend it against everybody else in, in the promotion. Um, she was involved uh, over the course of both nights in tag matches, um, but uh, all that said, I can't recommend the the event enough. I think there was just some incredible stuff. I think seeing Kyrie's um, you know comeback match um, where she tagged Mayu Itani against the Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano and Unagi Sayaka was uh, was a great 
you know, way to bring her back into the promotion. Um, you know, I won't go into spoilers, but I do think the finish was interesting for a number of reasons. Um, but it, it, it was, it was a solid match. It was, it was just, yeah, it was exactly, I think the type of match that you want knowing that you've got a two night event to bring someone back in. Um, then you had two just stellar matches to close the show. Uh, the Wonder of Stardom title match, which is kind of like their IC belt, uh, with Saya Kamatani, the champion defending against Utami Hayashishita. Uh, it was just, it was a fantastic match. Um, and, and up until that point was, you know, just one of those matches. I said, well, it's going to be hard to top this. And then they did top it uh, with the World of Stardom title, which is kind of their, their big belt, uh, with Shuri taking on, uh, the champion taking on Julia. Um, and they had quite possibly the match of the weekend. Um, just, just incredible stuff from the two of them went about 30 minutes, uh, and, and earned every single one of those minutes without a doubt. Uh, night two was a lot of fun. Night two, I think was probably the better night overall. Um, you had better, better matches, uh, top to bottom. Um, the final, you know, uh, three of the final four matches were just out of this world. Good. Uh, Kyrie had a singles match against starlight kid. Um, there was so much story going into the match. Starlight kid had kind of been a protege of Kyrie before she left. Uh, and at that time she was like, a teenager, you know, she was like 14, 15 years old and had a very tearful goodbye moment with Kyrie, uh, uh Kyrie's last match, um, started wearing the compass rose that, uh, Kyrie saying, of course, you know, wears on her gear. Um, she's got kind of the nautical theme for her character, the pirate princess. And, um, and, and that was something that Starlight Kid took on. Starlight Kid recently turned heel, which is something that no one saw coming. Um, and, uh, has just been tearing it up, has been one of the best characters that they have, has been one of the best wrestlers that they have. Um, and, and this match was great. They kept it under 20 minutes and, and it was just wonderful. Uh, highly recommend that. Uh, and then as if that wasn't enough, uh, they had two more title matches, um, with slight spoilers for night one, Saya Kamatani defending the title against Tam Nakano, which might've been my favorite match of the whole weekend. Uh, and then the world of stardom title match again, slight spoiler for night one, uh, Shuri defended the title against Mayu Iwatani. Uh, they went about 30 minutes and I, I mean, Iwatani is just one of the best wrestlers on the face of the planet and 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 that goes for men or women uh, the, the match was absolutely incredible um and i i highly recommend checking it out it'll be available on stardom world later this week it was initially only available on pay-per-view um uh luckily you could you know it was kind of one of those pay-per-views where you could watch it at any point in time uh as opposed to having to watch it live so you know you didn't have to get up at 4 a.m uh or, or earlier to to watch it um but yeah, great shows, stellar shows for stardom, and I think that they they when Bushi Road initially came in and took uh, you know, bought the company, uh, which is the same parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, there there were definitely some some stumbling blocks, and I know that the, that the pandemic definitely ha- had created some issues for them as well. But uh, they've handled it really really well, especially this past year, and and these events were phenomenal. So uh, highly recommend them, and uh, I, I just wanted to give a little time to them because I, I watched and enjoyed them quite a bit, uh, and and those matches that I that I mentioned specifically I think are worth your time so all that said we've talked real wrestling we've talked teasers we talked legends we talked indies it's time to talk Kronos. Uh, Kronos Return to Civilization, of course, is the new set. Uh, we've got uh, the cards for the set as well as the prime cards for COTG uh, this quarter being uh, a part of the Kronos set as well. Um, and uh, there's some other other stuff involved uh, from, from other feds, other cards that have been released that uh, premiere on Kronos this particular iteration. Um, but let's just kick things off. Rob, it's out. 
people have it in their hands, at least the booklet. Uh, some people have the cards, you know, online. Um, how are you feeling? And, you know, kind of what are your what are your hopes and maybe expectations now that people will be getting the cards? Well, I'm feeling relieved. Um, I'm feeling impressed because Mike did a great job getting everything together at the last minute, literally at the last minute. Um, Todd did a great job with everything. I mean, um, I didn't expect it to be out as quickly as it was out. Um, I didn't expect it to be available online as quickly as it, as it was available online. So very grateful. Thank you to both of you. Um, what are my expectations? I hope people like it. It's funny. I always, you know, you love your own stuff. And then five minutes after it's released, I have a giant anxiety attack. I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. I can't believe people are going to read this. So it's a whole thing. It's a whole whirlwind of emotions. Um, and then it kind of evens out. Um, I, I did get my cards today. Thank you, Todd. And, and they look amazing. I haven't done anything with them yet. <clears throat> That's a lie, actually. I did. Uh, I ran Mayday against Infinity just for fun. And I ran Ultimatum against Spike a couple times just for fun, but just for fun. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, it, it was... I, I, it was exhausting. Um, these sets are, the editing is exhausting. Writing, it's fun. It's funny. I was talking to Tom that night about it. <clears throat> and I was just like, I don't know how you do this every year. He's like, I don't know how I do it every year either. But really, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Ashby did it. I don't know how Austin did it. I don't know how Mike does it every year. Like, I didn't, I, last time I wrote was two years ago. I mean, I know I did the FCR stuff, and that's nothing on the scale, obviously. Um, so, you know, this was years of compiling little notes and texting things to myself and emailing notes to myself. And, and then in, I think I even called Mike. I was like, I, I'm having writer's block. I can't get this thing started. So, you did. When they moved it I, up, I, I will verify that story. <laughs> I had an anxiety attack about it. Oh God! Here you go. And having four kids doesn't help. You know what I'm saying? And just <laughs> just having the of like, when am I going to get this done? Not like, you know what I mean? So, and the way I write is, it's not true. I don't know if it's if it's traditional or not. But I pretty much just, I like I said, I spend months, sometimes years, collecting notes and ideas. And then when I finally decide to, and I finally decide to write it down, it's just trying to. Unload, unload all this information and put it in order and I end up writing it all in like 20 hours I can't pull myself away from the computer so I'm so I'm feeling without rambling I'm feeling 100% relieved and I hope everybody likes it um, so far the few people who have uh, received it or read about it seem to, seem to like it so I think that's that's a good sign well, well I can I can back up Rob's story 100% you know he, he had Everything he says is true. He is constantly full of ideas. He's always thinking of things like texting random stuff. Like, what do you think about so-and-so and so-and-so? Like, Rob is always thinking. And it's one of the beauties of his creative process is he is constantly going through it. But then you say, okay, it's time. We're going to do the set now, Rob. And he just slams it out. Like, he just throws it down and says, okay, what do you think? And if you don't get back to him within like five minutes, he's like, "What did did you get? What I sent you? Like, did you read it? Like, what do you think?" And and it's awesome because it's so intense. No, it is right. I mean, like Rob, you you right? It's intense. Like the whole thing is intense. It's like a football game. Like you're watching it and you're like, "Oh my god, this is like the fourth quarter now." 
Like it's two minute drill. Yeah, I try to like go to bed and I can't. I I'll lay there and I and the ideas and it turns into like I start texting myself stuff and then I just like screw it. It's up. not just yourself. I just get up. <laughs> <and write. laughs> That's true. Well, that, you know, I appreciate you guys being sounding boards. Um, you know, and it's it's fun how this how a lot of this stuff comes to be. Um, it starts out with an idea and then it one idea and it turns into something else. But yeah, it's, it is nice to, to finally put all that at rest. It feels great. And I'm literally looking forward to playing, you know, I've been playing a lot lately. So it's, that's always a calming, a calming effect to play. The dice is a calming effect. for me. Well, and, and I think the story that you wrote, Rob is awesome. I think it's, I think it's the best one you've done yet. And I don't mean that as a slight to anything else you've written, but I just think that there's so much packed into this one that, you know, like, I have no time to run Kronos right now, but I'm probably I'm probably going to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, because it's just so good, and it's so um, you know, and it's so flexible. The way you wrote it, I think, is genius because you give people a structure, but you give them options at the same time, and I think that's just so cool. Like that. It, it's it, it's it's a really it's a tough like you, you just threaded the needle with this so well that you 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 to have like story which is part of I mean legends is not story right the legends product line is more about you write the story here are all the players here's their backgrounds you take it champions of the galaxy is very much about stories and putting the players in positions for you. And you, I think you've done a great job in this set of sort of giving people the best of both worlds in that you give them all this story, but at the same time, giving them the flexibility to do what they want with it. And I think it's just brilliant. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I'll echo those comments. You know, one of the things that I've said a couple of times before is that I feel like it's just a wonderful sandbox that, that, you know, you've left people with and, and it's the same thing with FTR and, and it's absolutely true uh, of Kronos. And it was true even before this, I mean, even with battle lines, I felt like, you know, people got all these great toys to play with and uh, that, that, you know, that there was just a lot of stuff left open and uh, that's absolutely, you know, true here. Uh, even with the way that, you know, the factions are kind of laid, out and, and in particular with like Champion's Oath, I think there's just so much cool stuff that can be done with those characters. Um, and and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to know. I mean, obviously, one of the big setups for the booklet has to do with the fact that this war has really taken its toll on Kronos, things are just a mess, and you know, Omega comes and really wants to try to get things back to basics. And so, you know, to do that, he wants to get people out of the war and into this group of, of wrestlers who want to compete. And it feels very true to the spirit of kind of like going back to the classics era, you know, no villains, no heroes. It's just, you know, it's just like people who want to compete. Um, so I, I'd love to hear, uh, y- you know, a little bit more uh, about, you know, champions oath and, 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 and in particular the guys that you chose to be, a part of the team as opposed to the ones that are still, you know, kind of in those heroes or villains camps. Yeah. Um, that's exactly the, the way you just described is exactly what it is. Uh, it, it's coming full circle. Omega 
comes back to Kronos, and it's a Kronos he doesn't recognize anymore. He thought he was coming back there to, to participate in some, what did Tom call it, the Galaxian Wrestling Fantasy Federation matches, WFFF. So lots change. And he took a stand. He takes a stand. And at first, you know, when he first shows up, um, nobody joins him. Um, and then after a while, um, once he makes his official stand and he does his YouTube, he sends out his distress signal, some of the existing wrestlers start to uh, follow his lead. And it's interesting. You asked about what the wrestlers that I chose. They all have different motivations. Um, I even explained it. guy like Pegasus, Cosmos, Prodigy, that's a no-brainer. Those guys, are um, their hearts aren't in the war. They crave competition. Um, and, and maybe there's other guys there that we don't even know much about yet. Maybe maybe that's the reason Density's in there. Maybe that's the reason Rhea's uh, in there. Um, but a guy like Jupiter, uh, a guy like Olympia, they all have their own reasons. Um, a guy like Jupiter is very competitive, but he, he has that underlining motivation. He's always trying to be the best brother. He's trying to impress his father. Olympia has that extra motivation of, of trying to leapfrog uh, Jupiter for that same uh, affection. So they, these guys have uh, different intentions. Um, a guy like Avalanche, he kind of talks about wanting to prove he's the better of the two between him and Prodigy. And they're not even feuding. That's just, that's a competition between you and your tag team partner. Pow, hey, I'm the big guy. I'm better than you. You're the fast <laughs> guy, that kind of thing. So, are you know, how many of these guys are, are actually, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye with, with Omega with the same exact um, goals? I don't, I don't even know. Um, some of them have different motivations. Some of them are a little farther away, but, but, a guy like Disciple Terry, he comes in, you know, this is a guy who, who was misused um, by his team, by Tharkis, by, by Murtok, and he's got a good card, and, and it'll be interesting. You put him in a guy, in the ring with a guy like Ensor and, and Rhea and Density, and, 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 and you know, he's, he's right there in the middle. So some of these guys have real reasons for being there, um, and, and maybe some other guys are, are, are using it as an advantage to uh, just further their careers. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So there was going to be, I'm not saying there's a part three because there's not, but if this were to keep going, 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 and it could go forever, these are the questions I'd be asking, you know? Yeah. So we'll see how it goes when I play my game. Um, and I, you know, obviously being independent, uh, I want to get back to college of Cronus, but I, I wanted to kind of skip ahead if, if you will first, uh, and talk about the, the hero and villain teams, because one of the things that I walked away from, you know, reading the booklet, uh, in particular with the attitude of somebody like Commander Sam, uh, is is this feeling that really these teams are heroes and villains in name only? That there's not much difference between these two sides, um, and, and w- which I which I really like. Um, but I would, I, you know, I'd love to kind of just get some of your insight on, um, you know, on, on that point and, and on the idea that you know classic GWF, obviously, you know, the heroes were really heroes and the villains were really villains. And this is much more of a level playing field in shades of gray. And it's, and it's just kind of like, well, we call ourselves heroes, but you know, what are we willing to do in order to beat the other guy? Does it really make us that heroic? That's exactly right. And, uh, this isn't Rob versus SmackDown. This is these, all these wrestlers, (laughs) individual very strong personalities very clear intentions um a team like i even say we even talk about in the book 
a team like the hardcore Titans being on the, the heroes is, you know, almost unheard of a guy like Screwjob right. being on the heroes and targeting another hero. I mean, what's going on? So this is, it's completely out of control. What's going on uh, in the war. And, and that's, and that's what makes <clears throat> what's happened to Kronos so impactful. It, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be impactful if it was just heroes versus villains. There's much more intertwined uh, in motivations there. Nikolai and the survivors. Some guys are, are, are probably right. just going along for the ride, but I think for the most part, all the major players have, have clear intentions and you're absolutely right. Even down to infinity and Fanyplex, it's, it's all shades of gray. I mean, I was actually thinking about this the other night. Like, who, if you were to think about the whole entire roster, like who's the most heroic, the true, truest hero on the hero team, and that would be really other than Solaris, obviously. It would, it would be in the war. It would be hard to pick a guy out, and I'm not sure who it would be. Would it be Ultimatum? Because um, he has all the right intentions, but you could even break that down to is, is he, is he just a big bully? Right. Um, even if it's a gladiators, you know. So. I'm not sure there is a guy like that on, on Kronos right now. Yeah. In the I, war. You know, I, I, for, for me personally, uh, like True Blue was somebody that stood out to me as perhaps being a guy That's who might one. be, uh, you know, this might be the wrong word, but naive enough to be, you know, a hero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd be interested, you know, Todd, to kind of get your take on, on, on that notion and, you know, and, and, and kind of answering Rob's question, who do you think, might be an actual hero out of this roster of heroes. I mean, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Solaris. I mean, that's obviously the big one there. I mean, maybe uh, the brothers in arms, I'd say uh, the Greek gods to, to, to degree there, at least Octagon, you know, tends to always be pretty, pretty much uh, close to a good guy as you can get, but yeah, a lot of the other ones, it's it's really gray for sure. Absolutely, Mike. What about and, you? and I mean, and you got Omega as well, but Omega is not part of the hero team, right? Declared right, 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 right. Um, Mike, what are what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, it's funny because I think Todd hits on a good point, and one of the things that Rob didn't really touch on too much was the relationship between Solaris and the Brothers at Arms. Like that's something that's not there in the book that I think is there for the future um, because you know, that's where I could see a real core of a hero team being right. As the Greek gods were always, you know, loyal um, guys. I think Ensor is a character who I, I think is interesting to look at as a true hero potentially, you know, cause I even wrote a little gray. I even wrote that he might be tempted to, to enter the war and help, but, but, you know, in, in his mind for the right reasons, help infinity. Right. But, but, but my but, point is, is that he's a, you know, it, uh, up until he got infected with black death and sore was that like true blue baby face, you know, to, to pardon the, the use of the phrase. So, I mean, Rob's got, that's the actual, I think that's the neat part about it is there's lots of candidates to be that guy but nobody who's actually stepped up. And that's, uh, you know, the, the, the tough part of writing these, you know, Rob was talking earlier about how do you do it year after year after year? Well, part of it is you leave question marks. Right. Right. I mean, you, you, in order for a story, if you've tied it up all nice and neat in a bow, nobody really wants the sequel. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. So, so the, the art of doing it is to give people. <laughs> no, but what I mean, in all seriousness, but you know, when you're writing, part of it is like, you have to give people what they want, like some closure, right? You need, people need closure when you write something. So they feel a sense of like, yes, I, I got something out of this, but then they also need something to look forward to. Right. So, so you have to have your, your periods, your exclamation points and your question marks. And I think that's the neat thing about this set is that it answers questions definitively. It gives you some exciting stuff that goes on that you go, wow, I didn't expect him. And then it also gives you some questions that are unanswered that makes you wonder what will happen next. So I, I, to me, that's, I mean, that's kind of, that, that's how you keep doing it year after year, Rob. So, you know, for not knowing how to do it year after year, you did a decent job of it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I more meant like just how do you find the time to do it mentally? But anyway, so we can talk about it. So, so a separate question, but, but in terms of, but, but the basics of it are you have to keep asking questions that people want answers to while still giving them answers they want. So, I mean, that, to me, that's, you know, you've, that's what I like about this set. And, you know, I, you know, I probably worked with you less on this set than I did, you know, the previous one for sure. But, you know, still you, we bounced a lot of stuff off and, and that's the thing I liked about this set, you know, from the beginning was, is that you, you viewed it as like you, you wanted to give people a, a, an end point, but you really gave them an end point and a starting point. So I, I think that's the, the beauty of it is there's plenty of room for the future. Yeah. yeah, and it was, obviously I don't want to write sets anymore, but um, there is, I mean, you can see you can see lots of potential for our future. And even in my mind, I, I, I kind of, if there was, I know where it would go. And so we'll see, you know, we'll see where everything goes. But I think this is a huge set that hopefully people get a lot of play out of for a long time. Yeah, I, I I I think there's little doubt that that is is going to happen. You know, I mean, we have got twelve cards in the set, three cards in prime, and then you've got another what um, three cards from last quarter's prime, and then you've got uh, what one, two, three, what three at least three other cards, you know, from from Centra FTR and the the perennial card for Omega. So I mean, there's yeah. you know, there's obviously there's a lot of stuff that's been you know, added since, since battle lines, um, for people to, to play with. Um, you know, one other question I wanted to ask about the hero team, and the villain team before, you know, we talk a little bit about the college of Kronos and the individual characters in the set, um, that it feels to me that in spite of there being a little bit of disharmony within the hero team in particular over the way that commander Sam kind of storms in and, and takes things over that the hero team seems a little bit more united compared to the villain team, I, I can see the hero team as being kind of this, this larger, you know, group of, of, of heroes, if you will. Whereas with the villains, I, it feels much more fractured. And even though, you know, Nikolai has kind of been placed in charge, it feels as though I've got these, you know, more of these individual units 
that are just operating under this umbrella as opposed to there being any sort of real unifying thread. Um, you know, how is that intentional and, and, and kind of, you know, what are, what are some thoughts about setting things up in that way? Yeah, absolutely. And especially now, I think maybe the villain team was, was much more unified during battle lines. Um, and then now, uh, with the Finny Infinity Plex losing their powers. And I'd say, I, you could say the same for both sides, really. But uh, especially the villain team, you know, Tyranny's doing his own thing. And then a team like the Gladiators, they obviously they don't follow anybody. So, you know, um, you know, if, if Spike is pretending to be <laughs> the toe, you know, to, to, to follow uh, Nikolai and the survivors, he's doing it for his own, you know, selfish reasons. And that's what I like about, well, that's what I like about a lot of the characters that we've we've chosen to, to even be on Kronos is, they have strong personalities, um, and and I've and I've enjoyed um, you know writing them, and I think that's absolutely uh, correct. That it's the villain team is is not a team at all. They are just a collection of people using each other, more or less. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, that, that comes through really well. I mean, obviously I picked up on it, uh, but I, I like the way that that is set up too, because I feel like, uh, it, it just provides a lot of opportunities, you know, for potential infighting, backstabbing, etc. Um, and I also love the idea that you've set up, you know, kind of some, these two solo folks, you know, with avenging force and, and man of power, um, you know, and obviously they'll play off of one another very, very well. Um, but before we, you know, talk about any individual characters, uh, talk about the the idea behind the College of Kronos and and bringing that in because this is one of those, you know, kind of it's always been there, but we just never knew about it sort of things. And, and, and you know, we see it in storytelling uh, a lot. But I like the way that it functions. And there have been some questions on the board. I know you kind of already answered it, but I felt like it was maybe worth touching on. But, like, even with Mentor in particular, this idea that Omega Morpheus learned from this guy and, and knew this guy. Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit about the backstory behind the backstory. <laughs> So, okay, the original idea, I knew I, I always knew I wanted to do a catastrophic event with the, with the, with the portal um, being destroyed. And then I decided, I, obviously, the war itself w- would get there, and then the whole man of power thing being the final blow came much later. But when I came up with the idea of wanting to do this, this catastrophic event, because originally this was going to be a three-part event, and this was going to be the second part where everything got really, really bad and everything got really, really good in the third part. <clears throat> I just decided not to do the whole happy ending thing and just kind of leave it like a mess. <laughs> so anyways, um, when I came up with the idea of the portal being crushed and everybody being trapped, I wanted Chrono- I wanted to introduce the first ever Kronos natives. And originally they were going to be kind of primitive. This was like it's just before I even had names, anything. And then... What inspired me, where I got the College of Kronos idea was, when I was working on battle lines, I was always working with my GWF files, and it occurred to me that GW, if, what if the GWF files were an actual place? And that's mm-hmm. where I came up the College of Kronos. Like, if there were an actual place where wrestlers could go and learn, and, and all, just, just like a real learning institution, but, but everything, just like we do, with COTG, same thing. So that's that's what it represents. And then when, when I came up with that idea, in fact, I remember even texting Mike and Todd about this. I was like, hey, I think I'm going to make these guys like more like elitists. And that's 
when I started rolling with that idea. And that's, that's where mentor came into play. Um, and then, so mentor, mentor is a guy, and this will be interesting. Um, he is, he's is, is as much of a classics character as Omega and Morpheus and any of those other guys. And if we ever get into a classics, that would be interesting to see if we can fit a card like that in there. But I kind of wrote, you know, this is a guy who, I don't want to say he's a bad guy, but he's more of a bad guy than a good guy. So when he accuses Omega of these things and he says, you're jealous, you took me out of remembrance, he's kind of being a, you know what I mean? A bad yeah. guy about it. I don't know if Omega wrote him out of his memoirs. You know what I mean? I don't even know. But that's his accusation. He could just be being bitter. Um, you know, Omega says to him, you know, you know, I'll beat you. You could never beat me. So maybe, maybe Mentor could never beat Omega. Man. The way he's statted is he's not, he's nothing. He's nowhere near Omega's level, but he's a very good card. Um, but he's not Omega. He's not Chaos. He's not Entity. Uh, he, he's got a strong personality. He has a tough team. He's got a, a valet that'll help him with that distractor rating. But he's not Omega. Um, so I can see a guy like that throwing a, a, a harsh accusation like that at Omega. And, you know, how true is it? I don't know. <laughs> but the fact that these guys are from Kronos, I thought that would be really cool. And, and, they, and they were. Like you said, they were always there. And they are in the background. And they were, they, had, they were doing their thing. Little did we know, Perceptor was preparing to debut one day, and, and Mentor was teaching them, and all this was going on in the background. And this war forces these guys to basically show up before they had planned to. Um, and that's where we're at now. And, and they're going to do everything they can to put an end to this. They're tired of waiting. Uh, Mentor is tired. And, and even Mentor, we talked about the oath earlier, right? Even I write, uh, we even learn about how Mentor is going to have a hard time not getting in the ring with Infinity and Infinity Flex. And even Perceptor, who's the super disciplined, 100% athlete. There's not a, this guy doesn't have a, a mean bone in his body. He doesn't, he's not jealous. He's not angry. He's not slighted. He's strictly focused on winning. And he, even this guy is going to have a hard time keeping that old and not getting his hands on Infinity and Infinity Flex because it's that personal. So to have Kronos natives uh, be forced out of their homes, be forced out of their places, and then have to get involved in the war, uh, you know, it has to be pretty serious. So I like the idea of having this guy who has an entire backstory. This guy's he he debuts as a legend, even though we don't know anything about him. Why don't we know anything about him? Because of the whole Kronos laws thing there, and and like and like, like someone even picked up on the boards. You know how how could how could he write about it? And they go back to Dimension K. And even Omega, if you think about it, when he go when he leaves Kronos, how could he remember everything? Like you said, it's a dream yeah. state. But when he returns, then he says, "No, you could never beat me. Everything returns that." So you can see the frustration. A guy like Mentor, who probably has a great history, but because he's from Kronos, we're just learning about him now. So maybe that's frustrating for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think and I think that all of that plays really, really well and opens up a lot of interesting avenues for promoters to explore. Um, Perceptor is a fascinating character because I feel like, you know, he doesn't say a lot, you know, within the context of, 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 of the uh, you know, actual storyline. We obviously learn more about him through his bio. And like you were talking about, you know, he's, he's an athlete, he's well-disciplined. Uh, I think that the, the card is set up really well to, to show that. Um, but I, you know, this is one of those instances when I do kind of want to ask the question of 
you know, what do you see for Perceptor down the road? You, you know, like if you if you were writing his storyline, not necessarily that this is what would be in Kronos Part Three, you know, or whatever. But if you were just using him as a promoter, what would you do with him? Because I think he's such a fascinating uh, opportunity for promoters to really just have this this blank slate that's tied, obviously, to the College of Kronos, but unlike a lot of the other characters, doesn't really have an established background, doesn't have an established mission like Mayday might or Ultimatum might. So I'd love to hear kind of like what you would do with him. Yeah, I mean, this guy's just starting out. He's a rookie. Um, I would best describe him, if I were to keep writing him, I would probably write him like Star Warrior who avoids tragedy and, and reaches all the pinnacles he was meant to reach. And maybe even becomes a hero because he's not a bad guy at all. Yeah. Um, he's like, like a lot of guys on Kronos. He's fiercely loyal to his home planet and will fight for it. Um, he, you know, there's a very, there's a very strong, I want to represent my home against all the best other planets in the galaxy on Kronos. But with, even with the guys in the war, but especially the guys in the Oak. And especially preceptor. Preceptor means teacher for anybody who doesn't know that. That's just another word for teacher. So this guy is just like mentor. He's just not at that level yet. Um, so he's aspiring to be everything that mentor and Omega and Morpheus are, uh, which is legendary. And, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of these guys, they get sidetracked. Um, not to say a guy like Spike's not a legend, but a guy like Morpheus and Omega, you know, they are who they are because they didn't get sidetracked. Star Wars is who he is because he did. Perceptor would be a guy who would avoid, because Star Wars is kind of a, 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 he is a tragic tale and he's kind of a disappointment. And, and this, this guy's only like Star Wars in the sense that he's that great athlete and he's that, he wants to be that great winner, those type of things. Um, he's not trying to save anybody. He doesn't, he's, I mean, he's trying to save Kronos, but beyond that, he's not a Federation defense fighter. Um, I guess in a way, yes, he is as far as Kronos goes. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about the character, but yeah, I guess he's close, close in proximity to the Star Warrior, but without, um, without all the bad, bad things that happened to him, I guess. Star Warrior without the baggage. Yeah, just a guy who who want, I mean, the, the, the being the being the champion, being the best at his trade is what's most important to him, and I feel like that's probably where Star Warrior was at some point in his career early on. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like that. I like that a lot, and I, I think that that you know that does give hopefully promoters a little bit more insight in into um, you know not necessarily how they'll want to use him, but certainly how it might be uh, you know how he might be used uh, by his creator. Um, and then of course, y- y- you know, we, we've got two other members, uh, of the college of Kronos. Um, l- let's talk about Mayday because I think Mayday is, is an interesting character in, in terms of being kind of like, you know, he's, 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 he's the hound, you know, he's the guy that, 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 that they set off the leash only when they feel it's necessary. And yet he's not just this, you know, this brute, like, I love the way that you describe him. He's young, he's charming, he's calm and collected, you know, except when he no longer needs to be. Uh, and I like that dynamic a lot. Um, so yeah, talk about, talk about Mayday and, and what went into, you know, his creation. Yeah. I, this is my favorite character in the set. And I, 
my favorite art. And, and um, I knew I wanted to, it's funny how you describe him because when I originally came up, uh, he, he was just going to be a hammer, just this, the, the brute. And then he just, I don't even know how it happened, but he just developed this mysterious personality. And I don't know if it was the art or what, but even I don't know. Um, <laughs> everything there is to know about Mayday, you know, and I like a lot of people's guesses on the boards. I think it's awesome reading. But, in, you know, until something's written, I always say, until something's written, it's not official. But I kind of know, I kind of know, I kind of feel what he what he might be. And and I kind of know where he's going to go um, and where he's going, like, um, with the whole black hole, there's obviously a tie there. And in, in my mind, I know where that would all go. And I love that he's, uh, you know, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's obviously seems more like a bad guy, but he goes in there and he's not afraid to pick fights on either side. So there's a lot of mystery around him. He doesn't, he hasn't even spoken yet. So like, that'll be interesting. Like when, when promoters decide to write him, like when he does, will he be a non-speaking character? Will he speak? I haven't even decided yet. So there's lots of things about this guy that are cool. He's not a, he's not a dummy. He's, he's clearly an intelligent character. Um, again, strong motivations, awesome stats. In fact, uh, Michael tell you, like, this was one of the guys at the very last second. I was like, I gotta like, this guy's gotta be right. And like, it changed a couple things right at the end. Super happy with it. And I, I hope he lives up to the expectations. You know, um, you never want to make a guy who just goes in there and just kick, destroys everybody. But I want, I hope this guy goes in there and wins more than he loses against the war. Cause this guy's the cleaner by all. I mean, he is the guy who's, I wrote it at the end of the book. Like I, we, we only get this, we only get to return to civilization if all this stuff works out. Maybe it has right, to be right. Solaris has to be Blazing Skull. All this stuff has to happen. I don't even know if it's going to happen. And we have to play the game. That's the whole point, right? The game is the game. It's the dice. It's not what we write. So it, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. But I hope he wins more than he loses. I love the character. He's my favorite guy. And, and, and if, and if he, if he turns out to be what I hope he's going to be, maybe we'll explore more about his, about who he may be and all these other things. But that whole thing with the black hole is super cool. I love it. And, and I like that. He's, I love that he's different than the, the college, but he's, he's, a, and what, here's the other thing I like about the college. They're not a trios. You know what I mean? I do a lot of trios teams. Yeah, right, right. Trios. This is a fetch with two completely different, goals and motivations one two of them are over here with three of them with totalis but he's kind of like you know he's he's selfish he's in it for his own he doesn't <laughs> care about her. and mayday is over here so they're 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 united their faction but with and i like that whereas like i do a lot of trios teams and they're all you know they all have the same thing going on these guys are different and i think that makes them unique yeah, yeah, I completely agree, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to using them because I think that there's some interesting stuff that that, that you can play around with, and um, you know, in particular, like you were saying with with, with Mayday, uh, just seeing how well he stacks up and and how much of a cleaner he can be. Um, and, and well, Sam, Sam, you know, Rob brought up something that I think is really interesting, just to give people a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, he mentioned that he was changing stuff late. Now, I think the cards, Rob, we may have finished earlier than we ever have before right i think we're pretty tight on the cards in terms of changes like a couple last minute tweaks but but for the most part but the book even was changing up to the last minute 
little little things yeah. at, at the last minute. And, and I think that you know people say, well, you know, you know, we, we understand print takes time and everything else, but why doesn't online get done like early? Like, why do we have online done two weeks before the printing? And it's because we wait literally to make sure that we give every chance for every edit to be an online because we don't want to have to change it on them later. Right. I mean, like you, you, you tinker, I think is, is a good way to say it. Well, yeah. And editing, not to get the whole thing, but editing is an absolute nightmare. I mean, up until the last second, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this needs to be one word. This is two words. needs to be one word, stuff like that. You know, the consistency and, it's a whole thing. Like you write it, it takes me like less than 24 hours to write it and three months to edit it. So, um, yes, whatever Mike says is probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so, I just want, I want people to know that like there's a tinkering that's going on. Like literally. Oh, yeah. We woke up until the last second. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Tom does the same exact so thing with DWF too. <laughs> Tom Tom might tinker more. Yeah, he he, he tinkers past the deadlines. <laughs> uh, so for this next one, I'm glad you timed in there, Todd, because for this next one, I actually want to shoot over to you uh, to to start off with this. But of course, there is a fourth member of the College of Kronos, uh, and Todd, why don't you talk about that fourth member and then tee it up? Give give Rob a question uh, about about this character's involvement. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I know when we were kind of when Rob was through the planning uh, phase of this, he asked, you know, do you think that you know be a good idea to bring Totalis and into Kronos? And I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, based on you know just the greatest collection of uh, wrestlers across all you know space and time coming together and some you know big prizes that you know Totalis is always uh, on the lookout for some new some new. Uh, trophies and there's some big ones here i think it just made a lot of sense plus i mean yeah he's been that character's kind of bounced around a lot you know he's been in like every other single i think product line we've had between uh you know a gwfz ace pow now gwf and he's been there for quite a number of years actually longer than i had thought he was going to be and so when the, the the opportunity came here, I'm like, oh, I think it fits really well for him to come over here and and kind of, you know, get that, um, you know, to, to go after this new this new prize and then getting the crown of Kronos and and all that, you know, and and there being a tournament, I mean, hey, it's the, the perfect setup for him. And I kind of, you know, I didn't know exactly how Rob was going to write him in there, and I thought it was really interesting to kind of see, you know with the you know, putting him in with the natives there, even though, you know, he is an outsider, it's kind of an interesting thing that they would, you know, invite him in there. It's kind of an interesting uh, relationship. I mean, obviously, you know, he is kind of in it for himself. He's like, Oh, I can go here and learn all this great wrestling knowledge. that's going to benefit me. Um, but I guess the, to Rob there, what do you think is the motivation behind um, b- behind mentor recruiting uh, Totalis onto his team? Well, that's a great question. You know, I think they're like-minded. Um, I think they're like-minded in the fact that they're both going after championships. I think Totalis' character, he's always um, he's always kind of been that guy who kind of globs onto some team. He doesn't really fit. He's never really been the guy who fits on the team. He, he, I think everybody's kind of always been aware he's in it for himself. Um, 
there could be a lot of reasons mentor uh, wants him on the team. He's established. He's a star. He's coming from the GWF. Gives him an extra enemy against uh, their enemies. Gives him another enemy against Infinity and Infinity Plex. But I think like almost all villains, I think there's, um, I think he's probably using them one way or the other. And just like Totalis is probably using Mentor in the College of Kronos for his, uh, for his games, you know. Maybe we don't know what that is yet. And even kind of, we even kind of learned a little bit in the book. Will uh, Totalis spare uh, Perceptor and Mentor of the title quest, hitting them with the title? I, I don't think he would at all. I think we hit him with it for sure. So we'll see where that goes. I don't think it's a relationship that can last forever, but I think uh, I think they're definitely like-minded wrestlers. And maybe even Mentor has a misconception of who Totalis maybe he, maybe is, um, or maybe he knows exactly who he is, and, and he's using him for his own selfish goals. But I like I definitely like the relationship. I think they're Totalis, you know, and Mentor are similar in the fact that they're not villains. They're not bad guys. They're both super competitive. Um, but they're not good guys. Yeah, I think we right. can agree on that. That's fair. Well, you know, one thing I, I want to drop in there is there is one product line Totalis has not been a part of, Todd. This is so you true. Can't claim, this is you, very you, true. You, you, can't, you can't claim 100%. <laughs> no, you're no, no. pretty close. Uh, he might be the most prolific, uh, you know, but not he hasn't been in every product line. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it, it's – it, it really is cool just to see, you know, how he'll fit with that team. You know, I, th- I think that, you know, they're not your typical team. He's not your typical guy, right? He's a little bit of a mercenary, not a lot of loyalty. Yeah, and, you saw the GWF, he was on a different team with, you know, going against his enemies every single year, yeah. <laughs> right, and, and then, but now you have him teamed up with some people who you don't know anything about, right? We have no history on the college, right? Yeah. So are they just as, like, is Mentor just as ruthlessly self-involved as Totalis? And is, and is Mentor okay with that, right? I mean, it could be that maybe this is Totalis's, like, you know, forever home right maybe maybe this is where he gets adopted because it's people who understand them <laughs> yeah, yeah he well, very well he very well be cut could could be cut from the same cloth you know mentor and totalis absolutely they seem very well, similar you know, what does totalis say he says you know this for totalis it is a little bit about maybe more than more than mentor it's more about just the colleges of chronos in general he kind of talks about look at all this information at my fingertips who better to learn from the mentor he sees it as an advantage for himself. So, um, you know, maybe for mentor, it's just a strength in numbers thing. But that is an interesting question and, and something that maybe we'll have to explore in the future. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think fascinates me about his involvement with the College of Kronos, though, is he does seem to have a very real desire to, like, learn more. You know, it's like this idea that it's like, I can come here and I can become even better than I already am, you know, which I think is an interesting take on the character because, you know, it, it, it shows that there's like, there is room for improvement, if you will. Um, which, which, which I dig. Um, one last thing I know that, uh, Mike might be leaving us soon, maybe sooner rather than later. I wanted to ask him a question before he left. 
maybe he'll come back for us. He is. Great. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Mike, and this is a perfect opportunity, I think, for you to take a moment to sign off as well since you can't stick around, which I completely understand. But there is another big character who enters uh, Kronos and uh, is is from, of course, the Future Shock and was one of our last con cards, uh, and that is Chaos Supreme. Um, now, of course, Mike, when you wrote him out, that was a big deal. A lot of promoters were just sort of like, well, there goes my champ. You know, it's like, well, what happens now? And I, I loved your explanation for having him, you know, having him leave. And I loved that scene and how it was written and, and obviously picking up that thread and, and bringing him into Kronos and clearly a part of the plan. But I, yeah, I, I want to know kind of your thoughts on Chaos Supreme going into Kronos. And then again, you know, I want you to, you know, give give Rob a, a question, tee it up for him, and then you may and then you may bow out, good sir. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I think that um, you know, Rob and I had talked about for a while about whether Cass was going to leave or not leave, and Rob wanted him for this role, but wanted to let me decide if I was ready to give him up. <laughs> And, um, you know, I'm actually almost as excited. I'm actually maybe more excited a little bit about Man of Power showing up um, <laughs> just because I-, I love the idea of an unproven chaos, like with a chip on his shoulder trying to come here to, to sort of make himself, like make his name, right? The chaos Supreme doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. Right. Um whereas man of power has proven nothing yet. And I guess my question to Rob is that if you didn't have chaos Supreme, like how would that have impacted the writing and would have man of power still been the same or would you have done something different with them? Not having chaos Supreme. No, man. Man of power actually did nothing to do with chaos supreme um and in fact i had the idea before we agreed on chaos had i not gotten chaos supreme i probably would have either done a morpheus card um probably something like that but but we got it but we worked out a deal so early that i never even had like a plan b but i knew i needed i knew i wanted to have somebody of that stature who could meet omega uh be a be a be the first guy to walk through and have everybody go. Okay, this is this is this is serious. Okay, here we go. Um, so it had to be somebody impactful. You know, you had to have it had to be someone. The, the first guy to come through had to be a big guy, and it doesn't get any bigger than chaos. So I really appreciate you giving me that, giving me him, and I'm real happy with that card. Um, he represents, I think, everything where we're trying to go with the return to civilization. Um, chaos is a guy who would never be um what's the word i'm looking for he would never be uh, goaded on to join the war ever he's above all that and, and he's strictly there to dominate um and and this the champions oath thing you know it's not just the tournament uh, it's dream matches it could be tag team matches it could be multi-person matches the whole point is to put on dream matches i hope people you know, we left it. You know, when we left it, we left the story. The the portals destroyed, and I kind of leave it up to people whether that'll be repaired or not. And I hope people take advantage of that, um, because the whole idea of of returning again, all these things have to happen for it to work. But if it does work, the whole idea is that 
part of the Fed is 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 participating in these dream matches, and then this other part of the Fed is just obsessed. It's like a, like being being addicted to the war, and even in my head, I know where it's going. I know where I know who's migrating where, and I know you know the black hole is a nice big teaser. You can kind of all see it. You can kind of see where all the war. You can kind of see where the war would fit right there, and everybody kind of go there. And 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 there's some guys in the war who would would eventually leave the war, and they would join the guys in the Champions Old side. And then you almost kind of get like two feds in one, smaller feds, because there's 62 cards on Chrono, 62 active wrestlers on Chronos right now, which is a big fed. So I hope people take advantage of the whole "it's up to you" promoter thing, because I'm I'm really really big on that, and it would. And, and 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 promoters playing my games would be doing themselves a disservice if they didn't take advantage of that. Um, I know it's fun to, to follow the storylines. I do it too. You don't want to screw things up because the next set comes out and <laughs> whatever. But but Chronos, the reason Chronos is what it is 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 it's supposed to be. You know, I don't want to say the word alternative because it's thrown around wrestling, but just. You know the same thing you love with the GWF and everything else, but different. So when you play the GWF, you know it's got these storylines, specific storylines. Chronos is really like for those people who really want to do their own thing, and 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 it's okay. So I hope people take advantage of that, and and I hope people, I hope some people maybe decide the the portal is fixed, maybe even temporarily enough to bring in a guy here or there and add to the oath, and maybe add to the war, and just kind of keep it going. Makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that, you know, again, I mean, that's one of the things that Mike touched on right away and, and, and that I completely agree with is that I feel like it's set up in such a way that that's exactly what promoters can do because, you know, even though we have these, you know, these feuds set up, we have, you know, the, the, the team warfare going on, uh, there, there's so much left open by the time we get to the end of the booklet that it, it really is, you know, it's, it's, up to you to decide where things go from here, you know? And I think one of the fascinating things is that it's like, it's like there are so many seeds of doubt that have been sown as to, is this guy going to be loyal to this team? Is this going to work out for this team? Is there going to be a grab for power by this guy? Is that, you know, so I think when it comes to the heroes and villains stuff, there's just so much exciting scenarios that promoters can play out and have it be wildly different. Uh, and then of course, you know, once we get into the champions oath and, and, and college of Kronos, it's the same deal where you've got, you know, this, this competitive streak going on, but how long does it take before somebody decides to break that oath? You know, there's already been tension set up with a couple of people that aren't really, you know, all in with this oath. So I, I, I think that that is, is definitely there in the, in the idea that this is, you know, the, the, the kind of the final chapter that this is what people get left with. I think that the intent is clear that, you know, yeah, go, go have fun with this, make your own decisions, tell your own stories, um, you know, and then share those stories. Uh, because I think that that'll be a, a big part of the fun of this going forward. Um, a couple of other, you know, just quick questions uh, uh, before we get out of here, because I mean, obviously we're we're going long, but uh, I, I it would be a disservice, I think, to to the listeners if I didn't ask uh, about Solaris um, and uh, you know the decision to you know to to bring him in and and give him you know a pretty pretty stacked card and uh, have this guy be uh, m- more than meets the eye. Yeah, well, I'm really happy with that. Thanks to Tom for even letting me do that and. You know, 
Solaris has been around since day one with this whole Chrono storyline. And, you know, he could have ended up, he could have been a playing card who just had a chart. <clears throat> and, and as this developed, I wanted to get him involved physically. And I, ha- I, I wanted to decide how, how, did that, how does that happen? The story I came up with, I like. I think people like it too. And you know that whole that didn't come until I wrote the mentor, and and he had his place in history, and and it all kind of fell together. So it kind of started with the mentor character. He was one of the last characters we worked on, wasn't he, Todd? When I by the time I told you, yeah, that, he was yeah. very late. Yeah, he was. I think one of the last cards. Yeah, yeah, and not 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 last minute or anything because we've worked on us forever. But one of the last cards, and you know, it would. It, it, this is interesting because if this story were to keep going, the whole blazing Holocaust thing, the whole blazing Silver's Holocaust thing would obviously come to a head. But where we left the story, Holocaust was down and out. Blazing Skull, as far as he's concerned, that's over. He he's done with him. Now Holocaust gets back up. That comes later. We you know, but where we left it. Um, so there's so much going on there. But Solaris, this character, everything, everything is because of him everything good everything bad everything we got here so it was important to me this is really important to me that characters faced their their repercussions and i don't it's it's exciting for me that a the promoter everybody's fed can be different blazing skull wins over here solaris wins over here more exciting than if i just write Oh, Solaris won that, and Ultimatum won this. And it's exciting to me to see how it plays out in people's feds. And for Solaris to be able to get in the ring and actually, you know, he's basically laying in the bed he made. And you're fighting a blazing skull with a plus five add one. Like, good luck. (laughs) That's, That's the fate that he's put him it's right there in the book he's right he something tremendous had would have had to have happened for him to come forward and reveal and i thought it made sense too i never saw solaris as this like frail old dude um and i never really saw him as a, a warrior either which makes it exciting he you know he kept it undercover um but i thought it made sense in the context of what champions of the galaxy is i didn't think it was far-fetched I didn't think it was silly or ridiculous. I thought it was awesome. And everything from the stats to the drawings to the story just fell into place. And that's an exciting feud because that's not monolith and overmasters level cards, but they're good enough. And that's going to be a fun feud because, you know, Blazing Skull with that finisher, he could just beat anybody. And even though it's a disqualification, who cares? It could be a disqualification 12. If he hits it, that's a win. For him yeah and it doesn't matter what that disqualification is so solaris is going to be a very it'll be interesting he's either going to be this amazing hero or he's going to be this really sympathetic character who just gets his ass kicked by this horrible blazing skull which might happen i don't know i didn't want to make this like oh he's a this was important too i didn't want to make him like he's this god who can destroy everybody he's a dude he he lives for hundreds of godlike sages lives for hundreds of years, but he's still you know what I mean. He's not a. I didn't want to make a um, magical, superpowered character, so to speak. Sure. So I, I like his stats. I like where they're at. I like that he's. I don't know, and I don't. Again, I don't. 
I don't do any, I don't compare, okay, this guy looks like this, so I got to stat this guy like this. I don't even compare. Like, I looked at Ultimatum and Spike today for the first time ever next to each other. They're very similar. It's almost like Spike's fighting a, a version of himself, not as good because <laughs> I don't want to make a Spike card out of thin air and go, here's this amazing raw-rated character, the Spike. But he's good enough to, to give Spike the fight of his life. And maybe Spike is like, for the first time, he's fighting a guy similar to himself, you know. But Spike, Spike is Spike. You know, you don't want to make a guy to come and kick Spike's ass. But all the other gladiators are in big trouble. Um, yeah. So I love it. And Holocaust, you know, I love what what he's left with. He's, there's a lot of tragedy in this set. Um, oh, for sure. He's this broken down. You know, I think it's, I think, again, thanks for Tom for letting me do this stuff. This plus five finisher that, that, that if he doesn't get it the first time, it's a zero. That's exciting. That's All his matches cool. are going to be super sick. So, yeah, thank you. And like everybody else, that is a feud. If I were to keep, if this story were to keep going, that would develop. But where we left it, the Holocaust was down out. There's no reason. There's nothing for Blazing Skull to go after a finish. Um would Holocaust go after Blazing Skull? That's a great question. You know, he doesn't technically have anything to be pissed off about. They're the ones that trapped <laughs> him inside Holocaust. You know what I mean? Sure. So there's a lot to think about, though. There's a lot to think about there. It's exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. Well, and, you know, mentioning the tragedy, I mean, again, two characters that we should absolutely mention is that you see the toll that all of this has taken on Infinity and Infinity Plex. And, you know, I think it's a great idea. And it's similar, obviously, to kind of, you know, what Mike did when he sort of cleared the table with his last set in getting rid of a few guys and, and, and changing things around so that, you know, it really changes the dynamic, uh, the, the, uh, the the tier structure, if you will, of the wrestlers. And you've done a similar thing in a very different way with Infinity and Infinity Plex getting those downgrades. Now, now they're no longer kind of these, you know, potentially unbeatable monsters, but they're, you know, they're just in the mix. And, uh, I, you know, I, I like that a lot, not only for kind of, you know, resetting the table, but also because it, it shows just the, you know, the toll that this war has really taken on people. And, 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 you know, you do some great things in the booklet, even with Blazing Skulls, you know, reappearance and, 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 you know, just having this awful, awful situation where people are hurt, you know, fans are running scared for their lives. So it, you know, you've created, I think, um, an environment that uh, lends itself well to the stakes being high, that the, you know, these people are fighting for something, and yet at the same time, you've got people that are so tired of fighting, they don't want to fight really for anything other than just kind of the glory of it all. Um, so I, I like the way that that, that that has all been set up and, and left for, for promoters. Um, was that something that you kind of had in mind from the beginning uh, when it came to Infinity and Infinity Plex? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, part of the reason I was allowed to write cards that strong is because <laughs> they were good. Temporary. Yeah. Um, just like End of Days, when Tom wrote End of Days, um, I said, listen, not only are they temporary, they're going to get downgraded quite a bit. And they're not, down, you know, they're a little below where Tom had them originally with their blue cards. Um, but that was important. Um, Solaris, uh, Blazing Skull, Infinity and Finiflex are all there to be to get over the, the point of everything you just said, that the war has taken its toll on Kronos. And the College of Kronos, all these guys are here because of the war. So it's just this giant wake of madness, basically. But yeah, these guys, um, I like what someone said in the board. He, he nailed it. You know, these guys are so obsessed. Infinity was important because I, I, 
I didn't see Infinity as a goody two shoes hero either. Um, mm-hmm. A guy, a guy who's going to be involved in a war for a hundred years is—he's not a hero. He's not a hundred percent hero. You know what I mean? He's got to be somewhat attracted to that war that he's in. So that's kind of how I saw him. I saw him like a warlord. I, I always saw him like a warlord. That's why I kind of dressed him up like that. The first card. But anyway, um, the fact that they're willing to team with each other to fight the college in order to keep the war going, it says everything you need to know about where their motivations are. And as enticing as it may be to, to want to put Infinity Phoenix in the oath in the tournament, those are two guys who I'd never, I could never see to go in there. Yeah. I think I think that if, 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 if I keep saying if this keep if this were to keep going, in the, in the end they wouldn't be dreadnought, but they wouldn't be far off. Yeah, it would definitely end badly for them both. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because obviously they're both holding on to this this grudge. They're both kind of holding on to uh, the idea of, of war being the only answer, that one must win. And, you know, let's face it, in those situations, oftentimes both people end up the losers. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, think it, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and, and, and I like that. And I like the idea that, you know, the truth of the matter is with the way things are, are left – yeah, promoters can use them as long as they want, however they want, but they no longer have to be the focal point. There's a lot of other things that can kind of take focus. Um, you know, kind of in, in closing up, um, before we, you know, really wrap up here, I did want to at least talk a little bit about Ultimatum just because I think Ultimatum is a super cool character, um, you know, in a very interesting, uh, you know, background and, and mission and purpose here, uh, especially because even though he's on the hero team and even though he's kind of like, a part of this war, it, it, his, he's so, he's so driven, you know, for a singular purpose as opposed to being there to, you know, restore a, a balance or beat the bad guys or whatever. He's there to hunt down gladiators and punish the gladiators for what they did to him, uh, and his people and his family. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, the, the backstory of this guy's creation, um, and, and just kind of your thoughts on, on, you know, where you would place him, you know, is, is he, is he, as I said, just has this singular purpose that he's there for and doesn't care about anything else. All he cares about is fighting gladiators or would there be a time down the road in your mind that he might do something else? Well, I'll answer that part first. Um, he's absolutely, as you described in it for himself, doesn't care. There's nothing there about the war or anything like that. If he were to succeed, where I'm not sure he, I'm not sure that he could. But if he were, like I said, when I was thinking about earlier, who's the true hero? He's the one guy I could see ascending. Again, if this were to keep going, I keep saying that. But he would have to su- succeed, and I'm not sure beating the gladiators is is something. Um, you know, he he can hold his own, and, and they can have a hell of a feud. Um, beating him decisively and then ascending to the top of the hero team that would be tough. But th- that would be. It'd probably be the story that I'd, I'd start exploring with him. Yeah. How he came to be is interesting, very interesting. So Tom had already written um, the last set. I hadn't, or, or, or was already mostly had written it. I didn't know anything about it yet. I had a dream that he was making gladiator killers. And I texted him. I said, I had a dream you're creating a team of gladiator killers. And he wrote back, that's interesting. <laughs> and that's where it came from. And I saw this 
how do you say it? If, Jif. And I don't know what it was from, but it was two dudes with crazy hair and, and dark sunglasses and like these tanks on their back. And they're like, and it, I don't know, it just all hit me at once. Gladiator. And I didn't want to say, I didn't want to go with gladiator killers because that's a little aggressive. Gladiator hunters. Once I came up with gladiator hunters, this is where what Todd Mike are always talking about, the multiple decks. This this guy's going to be from the... If any, I don't think anyone noticed this. The guy's wearing the same armor as the guardsman. He's from the same home as the guardsman. They don't have a relationship. It's not a father-son thing like that, but Arcturus is the same home as, as guardsman. He's from the moon. It's the same thing. Um, he's got the same armor, the green armor. So that's the story with that guy is he... And I, I kind of put a little thought into this about where he would have been in 2091-ish around the time that that, that planet was being attacked. Um, I'm not even sure if he'd been born yet. But the whole point is this: this it, they've grown up with hardship, children of Arcturus or however you say it, and, and, and kind of had crappy lives. And they blame the gladiators for this. And this is kind of a guy just like a lot of uh, Aetherians, the opponents, the war guys, kind of from a downtrodden planet, has a lot to be pissed off about. And he, he lames, uh, blames a lot of his um, problems on the gladiators. So he's, he's got, this is another guy with very personal motivation, and he's probably using other people to get what he wants, and, and that's gladiators, you know, kick their asses. So and, yeah. and this is another guy. Like, he seems like a hero, but he, he's, he's a bully. Sure. But in his mind... He's doing the right thing. In his mind, he is a hero. He's doing all the, for all the right reasons because if, if everybody else saw what the gladiators did to his planet, they would they would feel like him too. So I didn't intentionally write try to write like deep characters. I think just I'm not saying they're deep characters, but I'm they're they're more than just wrestlers. Um, yeah, a lot of them were fighters. Um, Ultimatum is a guy who could go either way. If, I, if I'm really starting to think about it. I see him migrating more towards the hardcore fed thing with the black hole, but he certainly has the potential to be special. Um, like I said, I didn't want to just create a character with one down and, and he, he kicks Spike's ass. <laughs> I want to create a character who can fight Spike and give him a fight and, 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 and you root for him and he's probably going to lose more often than wins, but he is going to beat him every once in a while. I could see people really getting behind him. Um, and that's a badass team, man. Raven, that new Holocaust card, Swarm. You know, that's that's another team. You know, are those are those? Is that a collection of heroes? You know, I don't know. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think that that's a fantastic point, and kind of you, you know goes back to to one of the very first things we talked about that you know there there are so many questions that 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 promoters are are left with and they get to answer them on their own and decide you know where these tensions go you, you know do you know are there going to be betrayals um and, and I think that the wonderful thing is that as you know as it's been since the very beginning the dice get to decide so much of this and, you know, you've also given given us these three new arenas and you talked about the black hole quite a bit. Um, it, it, there's just a lot of possibilities for for great storytelling uh, in addition to, you know, excellent gaming adventures. So um, I congratulations. I think that I think that it's a great set and I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, to, to 
getting these guys in and, uh, and, you know, kicking things off and, and seeing where it goes. Um, Todd, before we, you know, we move on to, to the end of things here, uh, any, any questions, anything that you wanted to add about Kronos? Um, so would you be upset if anybody compared, uh, Solaris jumping into the ring at like Yoda, uh, at the end of episode two, just <laughs> like suddenly like being like, wait, you, I, we thought you were all crippled and stuff. And now you're like, you this amazing fighter with, with that, would that upset you? No, in fact, um, I'd be lying if I said that the whole Solaris thing wasn't slightly inspired by Yoda himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well uh, I, overall i think I'm, I'm very excited to play out some of these matches there uh, i haven't had a chance to yet i've just been mailing out stuff but uh now that i think everything is officially in the mail i can uh, actually sit down and uh, roll out some stuff tomorrow night so i'm looking forward to that yeah me me too i uh I, I don't have rehearsals and have some have some time to myself over the next few evenings so uh it, it'll be the perfect time to to dive in uh as well of of course get some legends action going on because i think it's time for for billy wicks and sputnik monroe to bring some action to central states wrestling yeah. um well it have to be a first round matchup on sunday i'm thinking i think we have to book that then yeah I think it's going to have to happen. It has to happen, right? Um, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a pleasure. And obviously there's there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we probably could have covered and gone a little bit more in depth to. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, talking about all this. And I, I look forward to the next time we get the chance to do it. And I'm sure uh, at the con we'll be able to maybe follow up on some things and hopefully have some other promoter questions come in and maybe even some stuff that, you know, promoters will want to follow up on that, that sprung out of this conversation. So uh, thank you so much, you know, not only for being on the podcast and answering all these questions, but for your efforts and for your work um, on, on creating all this this cool stuff that now we get to go and play with. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always love talk, talking about this. You guys throw me through some loops, asking me questions. Um, <laughs> it it's, gets me thinking. Up. Now I'm be up all night thinking about why did I put Totalis on the College of Kronos, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. We'll think about it. Yeah, but no, I, I love it, and, and thanks for having me, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this kind. I mean, like, this has been, I mean, the Lions got hard knocks, then the draft, then my chrono set came out, and we're going to WrestleMania. Like, it's just like the best month ever, so <laughs> I'm ready to go. Right? Yeah. No, I, I know. I, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, an awesome time and, and a, a great, uh, you know, great couple of weeks as people, you know, get their cards, start playing, uh, you know, mania, all the conversations that can happen, uh, you know, about wrestling and, uh, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, Zeke is able to be crafty and get a few signings. I know it's difficult, obviously, during mania weekend because everybody's yeah. going all over the place, but we'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, good, good times, good times are here good times are ahead um obviously the con this weekend uh, if you've not already booked your ticket do so even if you're not able to make it because you're not going to want to miss out on the exclusive card um you know it's it's true. We've we've seen it happen. The exclusive cards have been selling for you know thirty, forty bucks a pop. Uh, post oh, they've been listed for that much. I don't know how much they're selling for. Yeah, but, I think the yeah. highest I saw one sell for was maybe around like seventy or eighty. So you know, wow. it's, it's insane. Um, you know, get. Uh, 
get your uh, I, I know I know some of them have sold for like thirty or forty bucks at least, but um, anyway, uh, get your get your ticket uh, so you can get the exclusive card, and uh, you know even if you can't be there, but above all, if you can be there totally be there. It'll be a great time. Um, you, you won't want to miss Jerry Briscoe. You won't want to miss the panels with uh, all of the, the talented crew that work on the cards. Um, and, and of course, if you're interested in the tournaments, the tournaments are always a heck of a lot of fun, as are the conversations that take place outside of that. And of course, Tom will be there and the Dark Menace will be there and you're not going to want to miss what they have to say. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're on the road to Galacticon pretty much already. Um, yeah. you, you know, the countdown has begun and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a road that you don't want to miss. Uh, Todd, what else is coming up for us? Uh, so yeah, I you know I've been uh, working hard on the upcoming schedule for uh, podcasts coming up, and um, we have some good uh, good things coming up. You know, next week we're probably going to mostly be talking about the road uh, the road to Galacticon uh, event, uh, but we do have uh, some cool promoter spotlights, a possible interview that looks like it's coming up, and. Uh, I had three different tournaments already planned out yes. too. So lots and lots of good stuff coming up there. Uh, should be uh, pretty sweet. Um, I did want to also mention, uh, I had a couple folks, you know, I've been interacting with uh, the last week as things have been mailing out uh, who've, who've reached out and just mentioned how much they like the podcast. So it's, it's great to hear that, you know, people are listening. I've, I've been looking at some of the numbers and it's nice to see, you know, our, our numbers are definitely picked up a bit since, especially since the, uh, ask us anything episode a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, people are sticking around and really enjoying stuff. So, you know, thank you for everybody who's kind of mentioned, uh, you know, positive things, especially around our, you know, one year anniversary last week, which was great. Uh, so yeah, definitely keep on letting us know that, you know, you're listening and, um, you know, let us know your thoughts, what type of topics you want to hear. Uh, we do have a couple open spots left in the uh, schedule here. So uh, if there's any topics people want to hear, definitely let us know. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. Uh, you have still some time to get your tickets uh, up until the time the con is kicking off. We'll have uh, it open and available. I'll be sending out the links. Uh, but this Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern is the cutoff for the tournaments. I will mention that. So. Awesome. Other than that, uh, on behalf of Mike, uh, good night to all of our friends in the Baltic. Fantastic. Um, well, uh, it's it's always a pleasure. Uh, this has been a fun, epic episode. Um, there's going to be a ton of great wrestling to watch this weekend. Uh, we didn't even talk about NXT or Supercard of Honor or the myriad of indie shows that will be going on uh, in Texas and, and surrounding the events. So you, you really, it's, it's pick your poison time because if you're not necessarily into WWE as much, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be something awesome to watch and of course if you are into wwe it's it, it is a, a cornucopia of events uh whether you're, you're watching uh the hall of fame which of course we get to see the undertaker uh and uh and the steiner brothers just got announced which will be interesting i'm sure uh to, to say the least uh, i imagine scott will be on his best behavior or maybe not you never know uh and and it'll be uh it'll be a fun time and i'm sure that nxt event um regardless of whether or not they're 
as great as they once were or not, uh, I'm sure that it'll, it'll still deliver no pun intended. Uh, and then you've got mania and then you've got all the indie shows, uh, that'll be taking place as well. And super card of honor, I think is going to be phenomenal. There's some amazing matches that have been announced. Uh, FTR taking on the Briscoes is a match that has just kind of been, you know, slow burn hyped for God, like what, like two years now, if not more, pretty much ever since FTR left WWE. Um, so, so lots of, lots of cool stuff, uh, to check out. And, uh, I will, uh, again, give my endorsement for, uh, stardom world climax, the best and the top from this past weekend. If you're not going to watch the whole event, at least check out, uh, the main event from the first night, Shuri versus Julia for the world of stardom title. Uh, just a fantastic match. Uh, if you've been a fan of Kyrie Sane at any point, uh, check out her matches, the tag team match from the first night where she teamed up with Mayu Itani against the cosmic angels. And then of course, uh, the you know, night two, I mean, night two, it's hard for me not to say, just go watch the whole event. Um, you know, you might be able to skip the first two matches or whatever, but by the time you get, you know, past those first two matches, everything on it is fantastic. There's, there's something for everybody. Kyrie versus the starlight kid. Amazing. Uh, Sayak Kamatani versus Tam Nakano might've been the match of the weekend. And then of course, Shiri versus Mayo Itani. I mean, you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, so lots of great wrestling as always. And, uh, if you didn't pre-order for whatever reason, uh, order your sets, uh, Kronos Return to Civilization, Legends Expansion 9, Best of the Indies Tag Teams 2022, uh, and of course uh, all the Prime releases. There's just been so so much great stuff that has come out right now, and before you know it, we're going to be talking about all the great stuff that's going to come out next. Uh, so that happens in just a few short days when uh, the Virtual Con happens. So um, The machine doesn't stop here. That's that, the machine rolls on. It does indeed. It does indeed. And because that machine must roll on, it's time to shut it down for the night. Our else we'll all be too damn tired uh so have a wonderful wonderful week enjoy uh all the wrestling coming your way thank you so much for listening rob thank you once again for joining us um todd thank you as always take care of yourselves take care of one another stay safe out there and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of roll up